heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? This is episode 21 of Radio Free Istvan, a 30K Horus Heresy podcast. Uh, my name's Michael out of Victoria, Texas, and I got my co-host here, Ryan, out of Indiana. Go and say what's up, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? I never say your city, dude, but I, we have people that ask what part of Indiana you're in all the time. I am in Martinsville. I'm kind of ashamed to say that because it's like legendary for bad things. We mean bad things. Like being hillbilly, everybody here being like big eye, small eye, mouth breathers, like Oh, okay. I'm glad you showed me what that looked like because I wasn't. I was like big eye, small eye. Oh, yeah. Well. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, big eye, small eye. Like, hey, y'all from ain't from around here. That type of thing. <laughs> you play like, 40k or 30k? <laughs> yeah. No, they don't know any of that. Like, you have to blend in, or you're like so. Whether you like you have, like we talked about. I think we went over this before. You have to be into or pretend to be really into two of these three things jesus guns and hating the government so okay. you either have to legit be into those three things or two of those three things or fake it at least at a minimum you gotta but have if, you gotta have the no bomba bumper sticker yeah or... something something <laughs> you know something oh, so you you cannot get by like they will it'd be bad you'll wake up one night and you'll have uh you know guys with pitchforks and torches in your yard so just pretend mm-hmm. We get you a camo hat, get some big league chew because normal chew is kind of disgusting. Let's be honest. I mean, if yeah. you're into that, you know, whatever. I'm not mad at you, but it's, it's just get some big, get some big league chew, put it in your mouth like you actually have real chew. Get you a camo hat with some deer hunting shit on it, whether you do that or not. Get a pickup truck. You know, just fit in. You're golden. That's all I'm saying. Golden. No, nobody will touch you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sometimes they can see through the disguise. You got to be careful. (laughs) They're like, that don't smell like, that don't smell like Copenhagen. (laughs) That smells like, that smells like grape. (laughs) No, it's, 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 it's grape snuff. Yeah. It's really, to be honest, it's really not that. We do have that reputation. It's a hundred percent. We do have that reputation, but it's not, it's not as bad as everybody thinks. But, um, yeah, it's all right. I, I mean, I like living here. It's it's on the suburbs of Indianapolis, so like you, I've showed you pictures and stuff. Like I get to live in the woods and the trees and all that shit, and not have to deal with traffic and noise. But I can drive five minutes and be you know downtown Martinsville, and we're the county seat. I mean, there's like still like thirty some thousand people that live here. I think, oh, wow. you know. And then there's the two major highways that run into Southern Indiana, are uh, thirty seven and sixty seven, and because they come out of Indianapolis, they obviously go south like in a Y shape. So we're like right in between the Y, like where it's still skinny. So I can drive like five minutes one way and be on 37 or five minutes the other way and be on 67. So I can get everywhere fast. It's pretty nice. That's badass, dude. And they're about to extend I-69 because it comes in from the north. If you look at a map of Indiana and goes through Indianapolis and stops when it hits the bottom. 
um, they're going to extend I-69 down 37, so you'll be able to get on like the interstate and go all the way to Kentucky like super fast. Because right now you got to drive on like you know just a two-lane divided highway, you know, Southern Indiana, and it's going to become like a straight interstate where you can get like all the way to Kentucky in like an hour and 15 minutes. Dang, dude, you're gonna have so many Kentucky people coming to start playing 30k. Already got one, my buddy Scott. He's up here. Him and his brother John. They've been up here. He he fell in love with us. We like kiss on the mouth and shit. <laughs> dude, if I was only actually, I I thought about it. I was thinking like if it was a three hour drive to go play in your basement, I I would gladly leave here at like six a.m. to be there at nine and play yep. all day leave there like at 10 and get home at you like can spend one. the night that's like I, t- I tell these guys all the time like we've had guys like a couple of my friends live in michigan it's like six hour drive but they'll just come down here uh they'll show up like either late friday like friday around midnight and they just go to sleep here and then wake up in the morning and we'll game all day and then just spend the night and then on sunday leave you're so accommodating you're like a lodge like you're like a like a a warhammer motel I want to go get like a Quonson hut, like from the old military movies, like the half circle fucking aluminum Quonson hut. Yeah. Outside. Let's make a fucking 30 K barracks in the woods out there and just have like 30 K boot camp. People just come and stay here. I'll go like beat on pans and shit, wake them up in the morning and then make them come in here and be like, this guy's dropping a drop putt on you right here. What do you do? What do what you do? do? You do? <laughs> <laughs> He's all half awake. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And that's how you lose. <laughs> that's how you lose a Sakaar and son. <laughs> then we'll do painting drills. Like you'll try to paint. I'm like walking by and hit your elbow and shit. This could be your cat, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. It's raining. Just jumping water on him. <laughs> do, do you prime or do you not? <laughs> they're trying to read the book. And I'm like trying to distract them while they're trying to read 30K fluff and shit. You could do 30K boot camp. Get them all, get them all right. Get them all done right. <laughs> Uh, that'd be pretty funny that's a dream dude i'll keep an eye out for one of those barracks i'm pretty sure i could find one shipping it's gonna be a whole nother story we have to get like rob porter to do that but anyway yeah it's been good like i said we got scott scott comes consistent from for someone that comes week uh every week consistently he drives the furthest i think it's like a two-hour drive for him but he's been up he and he's starting to bring his brother he's got a his brother john plays mechanicum and they used to just basically just play against each other then Scott started coming up here, and he's been bringing John with him, which has been fun. They're both great guys, so everybody everybody loves hanging out with him. So it's been good. So he's actually coming up today. We're gonna go eat lunch. That's who I was telling you about. Damn. He, uh, he uh, I got him. Listen to this podcast and listen to you know just us bullshit on the weekends. He's not experienced the giant pork tender Indiana pork tenderloin sandwich yet. So we're gonna take him to a diner today and just blow his blow his mind. That's so crazy that like I didn't know that was a thing until recently. So I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you didn't know that Indiana is famous for pork tenderloin. Congratulations, you know now. And I guess I feel like honestly, like what if you're in any state that touches Indiana, I would just drive to Indiana and go hang out with Ryan. You can. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that event November fifth. Like I said, I'm gonna open it up to my local guys first and see where we end up attendance wise. And then if we have extra spots, anybody who's listening. Uh, can hit me up on Facebook. So I'll, I'll but I'll, don't do it now. Wait, I'll, I'll make the announcement, you know, how many spots we got and whatever. And if you guys want to come play, 
it should be cheap. It's going to be like $20 and I'm going to provide lunch or whatever. So it's not, and all the other money that's not paying for food is going towards prizes. I'm not making anything off of it. So dang dude, you going to sell, you going to serve pork tenderloin the entire time? No, I think my wife, she said she was going to make like this, uh, well, I forget what she called it. It's basically like chicken. You make a, a piece of grilled chicken and then you like, it's basically grilled chicken with like a bunch of melted cheese on top of it with uh, peppers, onions, and some other stuff sprinkled on top of it with a, like a bunch of sides. It's that like sounds, a spicy. Sounds delicious. It's good. It's basically like, I forget what it's called. She cooks it like you cook it in a casserole pan. You put a bunch of chicken in there and just like surrounded by fucking cheese and peppers, jalapenos, whatever to make it spicy. And then you cook it in this casserole pan then you take it out. And then you just like, it just looks like almost like a casserole, but you dig in there and there's like whole big pieces of like white, you know, like white meat grilled chicken with all this stuff around it. You just cut it up and eat it. Mm. So she might make that. Everybody likes that. We could do chili. I don't know. We haven't really decided what we're going to do. This is in October? November. November. Dude, chili in like cool weather. Oh, dude, I remember this one time. Oh, my goodness. Taking me back now. Me and my buddy Steven, he actually listens to this podcast, so I hope he's having this memory with me right now. This one time we were playing Warhammer in his garage. Like before, before we had any uh, gaming stores or anything like that, we would have to, uh, we'd have to, you know, do the old-fashioned garage gaming. We have like a table in the garage and all that jazz. Well, one day it was after work. We both work like pretty much like what you consider a night shift. Like it was like two thirty or two to ten thirty or something like that. Yep. And so we didn't have to wake up early, so we'd get off of work late and go game in his garage at like eleven, and. Dude, I went there, and I was just starting to teach him how to play Warhammer 40K, and he was playing Crimson Fist. And he's like, hey, man, you want to come over uh, after work and get a game in, and uh, we can cook some chili? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, the gaming was fun, but the eating chili in a cold garage, like with the garage door open, was probably like one of my favorite memories I've ever had. Just frozen eating my chili my homemade chili <laughs> just so so cold but this chili's so good and yeah it, it gets pretty cold here too in the winter time I, that's i like when people come here from like a warm climate to get them here in the middle of fucking winter because it's not like it gets like mi- literally like straight minus 20 which i know people like in michigan and canada are like laughing like well though we still wear shorts or whatever but you know it's all relative like it's funny to get guys out here from like arizona or some shit and they literally, it's like world changing to them. They really don't understand. Like you can see it in their face. It's almost like a panic thing. Like we're going to die. This is going <laughs> to kill us. And it's like, no dude, you'll be fine. I promise it sucks, but you'll be all right. My buddy Scott just texted me. We were just talking about the sandwich. He says, I'm diligently preparing my body for this sandwich. <laughs> I've, cl- <laughs> I've cleared myself. I've he, rid my he, body of we, we were gonna go he keeps sending me he sent me pictures of their like the menu all week long and i'm like i know dude i told you about it i've seen their menu and he's all like i'm gonna get these loaded fries and i'm gonna get this milkshake he's like telling me all the stuff he's gonna get and i'm like dude you better quit talking shit because i'm gonna hold you to it i'm like this sandwich is as big as your torso you don't understand like like you can't just say oh, i'm gonna eat like it's probably not gonna happen just, just telling you like you know so he was like, oh, whatever. And he looked up pictures and he found a picture. <laughs> you know, the sandwich is like nine inches across. Oh it's like God. basketball size. Like if you like it's over, it takes up the whole plate. You put the bun 
no, most people either just take the the it's like the size of an elephant ear from the fair, okay. but it's pork, like pounded real thin. So you can either a lot of people just break it in half and then eat half of it on the bun and take the other half home. It's kind of like a thing you do. You just put it, you know, in the container it comes in because they usually come in those little foam folding containers. Yeah. Or you, if you like yours thicker, you can just fold it in half, make like a double, and then put the bun on it. I usually just break it in half and eat some on the bun and then take the rest home. But he was, you know, it was just funny. So I can't wait to see. I'll, I'll get some pictures and send them to you. Well, I mean, I've sent you pictures of the restaurant, but... We'll get Scott's reaction. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. We'll interview him about the pork tenderloin sandwich. <laughs> it's going to be like, I, I slept so hard. I ate too much pork. I have <laughs> colon issues now. <laughs> so good. I love it. That's exciting. Yeah, dude, I don't deal with cold weather. Uh, I've watched, there's YouTube videos like of like California people eating Indiana food and shit. My wife showed me on YouTube. And they're like shows them like biting into the pork tenderloin for the first time, and you could like see their face light up. The one guy's like, "You should literally just have people with trays with these on them at the airport and just hand them to people as soon as they get off the plane. Like here, here, welcome to Indiana. Here, like it would, it would be world changing. I know for a fact I've never eaten a pork tenderloin. I didn't even know what it was until I started talking to you. So, well, we'll hook you up next year. We're gonna take everybody. So, it's gonna be a good time. I'm ready. My body's ready. My body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, we should probably talk some Warhammer 30k. For those of y'all listening right now, and that this is it- not a this is not a tenderloin podcast. It is a 30k <laughs> podcast. So for those of y'all listening in uh, today, we're gonna do we're gonna go over some hobby progress like we normally do. Uh, we're gonna go over some South Texas and Flames updates. There's some cool stuff happened this morning. Uh, then we have four lists we're going to go over and just on the list guys not dude, lists well, some not of them list. just two of them are lists two of them are just like help. general general help questions yeah so we, we've been getting emails not a single dick pic yet for ryan but that's okay why do you gotta <laughs> hey you're the one who said you don't have a problem with it. are you gonna send me a shirt that says i'm on the lookout for dicks <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I didn't see myself in a fucking hat driving around in my truck in Martinsville, like where we just talked about. There might chew tobacco, and I got a fucking hat or a shirt on that says "I'm on the lookout for dicks," with like a fucking periscope or a binoculars or some shit on it. <laughs> radio, radio free Esteban, and I was like, "Send me your dick." But yeah. Anyway, so we got a we got a basically like a small advice, tactic advice. Uh, from one of our buddies, Ben, he wants to learn how to deal with some uh, deep striking meta in his area. Sons of Horus in particular, so we're going to go over some help with that. Uh, we are going to go over some help on how to tackle a Stormbird uh, project, not so much how... Well, actually, he also wanted to know how to use it, so we're going to kind of go over that a little bit with him as well. And we're actually going to bring David Sampson in from Black Label Painting to kind of give him a rundown of what he needs to do since this is his first time working with such a big model. So we'll bring him on for that. And then uh, we got a Night Lords list and a Raven Guard list. And we're, that, if you if you want to stick around for that Raven Guard list, man, like, honestly, okay, we talk. Me and Ryan, we, we talk even before the podcast. Y'all just get, like, the little bit that we record, but, like, we're always hashing out something Warhammer-wise. So we spent, like, probably a good, like, hour and a half just talking about this Raven Guard list, just, like, speculating, like, how we should run it and all this stuff. And I think I think there's gonna be some good talk whenever we get to that Raven Guard part. So 
we'll stick around and just uh, hang out, guys. And that's what you can expect after we talk about our. We got a ton more lists, but we just we can't go. We have too many things we got to cover. We can't just do all lists. We can't do all lists every episode. Yeah, guys. And so honestly, if you send a list in, and we go over it in email and just email you the list back, that's probably how it's going to have to start happening because because we can't. We we just don't have the time, and then our podcast can be like six hours long, and then because we want to we want to get you the list in a timely matter. So, you know, we, we just can't fit them all in one episode. We just, we, we tried to, like, when we started this podcast, <clears throat> we kind of, like, we're going for, like, the two-hour mark. And I've, sl- I've noticed slowly, like, it just, it's just extending, yeah. like, just further and further. So, so if you do I got a lot of my friends to listen for the first time. And I go, what did you think? He goes, that's oh, pretty good. It's way too fucking long, though. <laughs> that's what he told me. I was like, all right. Well, it is what it is. So if you send a list in, guys, we might respond back to you uh, just through email. We may send the list back and and, and do that. Uh, I, and honestly, I I know this is going to sound like like favoritism, but if you have something more in your email than just your list, like a question or like like content we could have in the podcast, like these two guys here that wanted to know how to deal with deep strikers and like want to know how to deal with a stormbird, you're probably going to get airtime versus just sending us a list and saying how do i win with this but don't change nothing <laughs> right and we're getting a lot of like i play against 40k armies or this and that like because this is like supposed to be a 30k podcast i don't really want to get into all that plus i don't know that i'm educated enough to tell you that <laughs> for one i don't i don't think 30k and 40k like if you play a 30k army against four in 40k i think you're going to get hammered 99.9 percent of the time unless you're just playing against people who absolutely don't know how to play but 40k and 30k are so out of whack. Just reading um, those fucking formations and the new Blood Angels nonsense. And that's they're not even that good. They're not even considered like people will be like, ah, whatever, when they see them that play 40k. I'm telling you, like, there's some Eldar, there's some Eldar units in the new Eldar book that are probably if you were to put them in 30k, you would have to triple their points for them to be balanced. Really? That they're that out of whack compared to like 30k points values. I've always heard about D flame deflamers and shit like that but never well that i mean okay well for example so a wraith guard right now is he's got a space marine stat line so like weapon skill four bliss skill four initiative four you know one attack all like a tactical marine right but he's toughness six okay and they're either stubborn or fearless because they're wraiths right i think and um their gun is a range 12 inch d weapon Jesus Christ. For 32 mm. for thirty two points, a guy. And you can take a unit of 10. 32 so th- points? Yeah, so for three 320 points, you get 10 of those guys. So that's 10 D shots at 12 inches of range on tough six space marines. Can you deep strike them somehow? Yes. Jesus you Christ. Used, <laughs> you used to be able to with uh, webway portals with Dark Elder. I don't know if that works anymore. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But even if you can't, you can still put five so that there's a formation you can take with them where they can run and then shoot. And then when they run, instead of rolling a die, they just auto run six inches. So you can move six and then move another six and then shoot your gun 12. So it makes them a 24 inch threat range with these D weapons. And then you can put five of them in a wave serpent or six of them. Cause it holds, uh, you 12. know, 12 guys. Yeah. So it moves six, they get out six 
run six, then shoot 12. So, you know what I mean? Like 30 inch threat range, turn one with six D shots and you can, and you can run multiple and everything scores in 40 K. So they're scoring. I don't see how a warlord Titan would live through that. Like I don't, it doesn't, we (laughs) we've done this scenario. Like we, we joked about it. Like, well, the other thing is if you take that formation I'm talking about where you like, you can take this formation for uh, Wraith Guard where you get a shitload of them and they, they do the thing where they get to run and all that stuff like I was telling you about. Um, the Spirit Seer in the formation, if any of these guys are within 18 inches of him, which you know how big an 18-inch bubble is, all their guns become twin-linked. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't... There's just so many crazy things. And I'm sure I'm saying this and some 40K player out there is probably like, oh, well, that sucks, like... Those guys are terrible. I'd never take those because there's better stuff than that. Like, Warp Spiders were considered better than that. Like, the Wraith Knight, you can take a Wraith... Like, all all day, put a Wraith Knight against three Imperial Knights. I think it, I think the Wraith Knight over six-turn game wins that against three Knights. Because the... I just feel like the Gargantuan creature rules are so much better than Super Heavy rules because you can literally put, like, their toe in, like, a, a haystack and get a cover save. You know what I mean? They don't really need the shield. And then because they have moved through cover, they don't have to take dangerous terrain, even though that thing's jump. So it's way more maneuverable than a knight. And the fact that it has D shooting, at some point, you're going to roll a six. You know, you're getting two D shots a turn. At some point on the armor pin roll, you're going to roll a six and just remove a whole knight. You know what I'm saying? It's nasty. And then even if you don't, just remove it. If they fail any field saves, they're likely to take it at a minimum one plus a D3 hole points. So you might just blow them, you know, blow them up anyway. And then when you get in close combat, the Wraith Knight, um, basically you just do the thing like we talk about where you put the Wraith Knight in cover so the Imperial Knight always has to charge through terrain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're fighting before it, and it's still strength 10 with a bunch of attacks in close combat. So it's still likely to, you know, beat its ass before it fights. And it's And it's cheaper than one Imperial. It's like 270 points or something. 275 or something like that with two range D shots and tough eight with like six wounds. Feel no pain, all that shit. So we get lists that people send in guys and they ask us like, Hey, how do I play my 30 K army? How can I play this? Something that's fluffy and like, like this list in 40 K. And it's like, uh, we can build you a list, but like, don't, don't tell people that like, this is, like a, a yeah, tailored I mean, list I, that yeah i don't i don't know what you do i mean you do there's really not i mean you're gonna get tap danced on by a bunch of wraith knights you're gonna get shot by a bunch of stupid towel shit storm surge the arena where they get three shooting phases or whatever because it's like my whole army can shoot you and then my whole army gets to overwatch you and my whole army has intercept so it's like there's i don't know just with too many factors to factor in that we can't I wonder how 40k podcasts do it. I don't know. I don't care. I don't listen to any of them. Yeah. I have no desire to know anything about 40k. I wish I could control alt delete my 40k knowledge at this point. I bet there's like some sort of like I don't know. Maybe they just have broader minds. Anyway. So yeah, guys. So if you gotta send in a list, man, also give us something to talk about. So we can we can go over it and help out everybody instead of just like, here's the list. Tell me what I need to do. Because, hey, 
we could just email you back. It'd be easier for us. But we did get some lists in this week that do have some attachments with them as well. Like, like I said, the Stormbird thing and the uh, the deep striking. Right. Sons of we got a couple. Like, I think the Raven Guard list. The guy actually asked about playing 40k, so we're still going to go over it because we didn't put this, you know, disclaimer. thing out there and disclaimer out there. But if we get get stuff with 40k stuff in the future uh, i mean don't be shocked if you get an answer that's just like i don't know man like <laughs> so i really don't here's like, a here's a list play it and let me know <laughs> yeah i i like i don't know like that stuff's just so out of control i don't know what to tell you about it tam four that makes sense by the way man i was gonna tell you that we got an email this morning or not an email a message on facebook i totally forgot to to send it to you like i got it early this morning i was like half awake you know i had to go we'll talk about what i was doing this morning later but uh so we got this badass email this morning or i'm sorry facebook message and sneaky steve blew up his first smart spartan yesterday nice that that you'd like to thought you'd like to know that excited sneaky steve strikes (laughs) i love it that's hilarious so so the guy is calling him Sneaky Steve. Sneaky Steve blew up a Spartan on his first outing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so goddamn sneaky. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Sneaky Steve is, go listen to episode 19, I think. Could be episode 20. One of those. We went over an Alpha Legion list. Just listen to all our episodes. Why wouldn't you want to? You'll find Just it. Look. It's in You'll there. You'll find it. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> so I hope that Ryan, guy you... likes that list. I was pretty pumped. Like, I don't even really, like like alpha legion that much but that list was like pretty fun to write i i thought that that was a pretty cool army i thought so too I so was hope, to hopefully he likes it and he's using it and getting some good use out of it yeah so anyway dude what have you been working on let's get some hobby progress on the table all right so i've still been working on those missions for my november 5th event because i want to have the players pack done by the next time we record so I'm giving myself a week to do it. I finally aven- uh, uh, finished those Avenger Strike Fighters. Um, I think I, I sent you pictures, didn't I? Have fully finished ones. Yeah, dude. I have all the pictures of your Avengers that you have, and like, I'm excited to post them in the picture dump. Like, I've been wanting you to talk about it. Like, now that they're done, just so I can get like the pictures in the picture dump for the RFI, the RFI picture dump that we put on the Facebook, because they look so fucking cool to me. Well, I like them. I was pretty happy with them. The only thing I wasn't super happy with was the decals. I put the decals on, and they did the thing where they where they're shiny. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And you can't. You're, you're like everybody's like, well, just use Microsoft Microset. It'll dissolve that shit. This and that. Well, I did, and it didn't. Um, it worked better. Like it stretches the decal and all that. Like you know, makes it lay better, I guess. But it didn't. It's still shiny, and you can still see the lip of the decal. And I didn't really know what to do with it because in my in the past when I've tried to go over them with varnish, like dull coat or whatever, it fogs the decal. Right. So the only way you can prevent it is to seal the transfer, like take like a, a paint on clear coat, like our GWR coat or whatever, and paint over it right. to try to seal it and then varnish over it. But it doesn't get rid of all the gloss. You can still see. If you're going to do that technique, the best like – so let's imagine a knight shoulder pad. You know, a knight shoulder pad has like a rim all the way around it. Like it's a divided off section. Right. So what you can do is you put the decal on and then you literally paint that entire shoulder plate with art coat so that it all looks the same. And then when you matte varnish it, you don't see it. 
Right. Now, if you just go over the decal and then matte varnish it just right around the decal, it's still going to look different than the rest of the pad. The problem is these fighters, because they're just a bunch of big flat panels, there's no like cutoff line where I can just like stop the gloss coat. I'd literally have to like hard coat the whole <laughs> plane. You know what I mean? Which is just not feasible. So I talked to a friend and he said, we'll take a wash like Nolan oil or Argrax or whatever. He said, this works better if you want your models to have more weathered look, which we talked about the weathering. Like, I'm not even sure if I'm going to weather these planes just because of they're going in my blood angel army, which none of it's weathered. So I kind of wanted to keep these clean. And then I'm going to start doing the weathering. If I ever do like my, uh, I want to do some death guard or my Krieg army or something down the road. We talked about all that. Yeah. So anyway, so he's like, this works better if you if you're if you're already gonna weather it, you can do this and it works great. So he said just take like Nolan oil and mix it with water like 50-50 where it's like pretty like when you spread it, it's like got a little bit of a tint to it, but not really. And he goes, paint that over the decal and try not to get it anywhere else, just on the decal, and it'll deaden that hmm. dullness out. So you're like tinting the decal. You're like, yeah, but it, it because when dry when Nolan oil dries, it dries like a flat color he says it'll take the shine off which it did a little but it also like i said it makes it like more of a weathered so if your shit's weathered if you already do washes and stuff anyway like it would have worked perfect on your um blood angel decal yeah or your leviathan that you did in the gold because you yeah. washed the thing with argrax right yeah so you could put your decals on and then well you do all you do your normal wash with the argrax and then then put the decals on after you've sealed the whole thing in matte varnish so you, you paint it, seal it, whatever, then put your decal on last and then take water down Argrax and then blend the decal in to what's below it. Hmm. And then you can, then he said that sometimes that seals it where you can matte varnish it or whatever, but he said that'll at least take the shine off the decals. So I tried that and it did a little bit, but you could still see it. So I just said, screw it and sprayed it with matte varnish and it bubbled up and kind of fogged a little bit. And then I had to go back through with my brush and try to clean it up. So they look all right. The, the decals on the wings look okay. I think I'm really happy with the rest of the jet. I was just kind of pissy about the decals. I don't really know what else to do in that situation. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I thought they looked good. If it makes you feel better. No, I like them. I mean, most people wouldn't care. It's just me being picky. It's my shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing it. I wanted it to look like, this exact way and it just like that one thing irritated me at the end but the rest of it i really really like them the canopies come off the crew are fully painted and all that so there's earlier pictures where you can actually see the crew with the canopies off but the the ones of like i have where they're totally done the canopies are on you don't like those canopies you said those canopies came in too fogged or what yeah from forge world they're they're legit forge world models and i got one i traded for one from a friend jamie it was like one of the first casts ever mm -hmm. of the Avengers. Um, there's a guy that they talk about on Eye of Horus all the time named Lee Whale. He lives in the UK mm -hmm. and uh, he's always in, he always buys all the new shit when it comes out. And Jamie wanted work. Uh, Jamie's friends with him. And um, so when it came out, Lee picked one up for him. It was like one of the first Avengers ever. And he's had it for a long time and just wasn't using it. And I ended up trading him some models I had for it. And then I, when we did this forge world order, when I got like those 18 books or whatever, remember that? Yep. I bought a second one and the canopies are like really foggy. 
Like, they're rough. Like, if you touch them, they almost, like, feel like sandpaper. They're kind of shitty casts. So, I don't I don't know. I you just painted. You didn't hit up Forge World? Let them know. Well, I mean, I figured I got two models from, like, one's from, like, when it first came out, one's from now, and they still have the same problem. I mean, uh, I can't imagine that. That's fixed. You don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how old the Avenger model is, but it's, you know, years old. Like, probably five years old, maybe. Four, five, six years old. I like how you just, like, muscled through it. You're like, fuck, my canopies are fucked, but I'm just going to continue to paint this interior beautifully. I'm yeah, like, it is what it is. I didn't glue them on. Like, I can still show people, like, hey, look, these come off. Look how cool the crew looks. <laughs> like, right before, before, before the game starts. Hey, real quick, before the game starts. Look how awesome these are. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people are like, uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. They don't care. <laughs> but I know that it's done. I know that they look cool. That's so sad. So, I don't know. At some point, maybe, because I'm going to get a third one at some point, I might uh, find somebody that's really good at making molds and just have, like, somebody, like, recast the uh, the canopy in clear resin and do it a better job on it. And then I can just replace the canopies. You'll make millions. <laughs> All the people out there. Oh, I don't to... care if they sell them. I just want them for me. I could give a shit about anybody else. I'm just saying, like, I want mine to look legit. It'd be better if everybody else's was foggy. I'd be the only one that had cool ones. <laughs> only dude i feel like the the avengers is like on its way up it's on the come up son i don't know i like it though it, it looks cool um pretty happy with it i really like i did the, the i did sponge camo on the bottom like faded up the side i think it looks pretty cool and i did some stripes around the uh tail just because they look cool i look i looked up some world war ii aircraft and just looked at some paint schemes and just kind of copied some stuff you did fantastic um, so man like i can't i can't tell you like how good you did like i you, you Surely you've gotten enough positive feedback on how those planes yeah. look with that World War II camo, World War II theme, man. They look so good. So anyway, that's that's pretty much all I worked on. Then, like I said, I've been trying to write missions for that November 5th event. And then I've been, wow, I can't believe the number of lists that we've been getting. And other people like that aren't even really writing in, just like friends or friends of friends that, you know, shoot me texts or shoot me Facebook messages. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this list. So I've wrote, I can't tell you how many army lists. Your machine, so. dude. I'm telling people. I, I tell people, like, Ryan's like a computer, man. I don't know that I'm like a computer. You just How do you know I'm not? I, I might have everybody buffaloed. I may be like a total dumbass, and everybody's, like, got all these lists. And the only reason they work is because everybody's using my list, so it's shit list on shit list, so it works. And you're the, you're, you got, the, you got the, the secret real list, the answer list? No, I don't know. I don't. I just... People, I like when people send stuff in and say, um, give me criteria to work with them as long as the criteria isn't like, what are you thinking criteria? Like we talked about, like where it's like, I want to play 40 K armies, but I want, I, I want, I want three destroyer squads and three recon squads in my army, but I want to <laughs> play against 40 K armies. Like, okay, dude, like, I don't know. Just tell your opponent, Hey, I'm running these guys. They're so bad, you should just let me have them for free and then build another list that I can just stick them in and I'll just play with 3,000 points and you play with 1,500. Like, okay, do that. You know, I don't I don't know what else to tell you <laughs> advice-wise. It's like, I'm sorry, just... There's no, there's no winning on this one. Yeah, so... But, I mean, I like when people are like, here's my fluff, and I get... Like that, uh... 
what was that list that we wrote? The uh, the one with the salamanders in it we did last week. What's the name of the ship? The Evan Drake. Evan Drake list. That was fun to write. I like stuff like that. I like that Alpha Legion list we did with Sneaky Steve. That was fun. Um, there was some Sons of Horus lists that were fun. Most of the lists we picked to do on here have been pretty fun. But some of them are just, you know what I mean? We get get a lot that are the same. Like It's like, man, we just did a list that's like one unit's different than this like three weeks ago. <laughs> or so. you get you get those those people that are like, hey, I want this list. This is what I have painted. Make me a list. You already made one. What do I gotta? <laughs> <laughs> you have it already. If it's painted, we're picking on Rob. You're picking on Rob. I'm not picking on Rob. Um, picking on Zane. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I just made you a list. Never mind. I'm deleting the list. He was so mad. Oh, what was funny was he comes on the podcast and I typed, LOL, he looks like the bad guy from the Burbs. Would you like some sardines in the chat? And as soon as I said that, like, as I'm halfway typing it, Samson's going, he looks like the guy from the Burbs. (laughs) Saying, if two people from two different states within three seconds of each other look one glance at you and say that, might rethink what you're doing. Just saying. Dude. Zane is our number one fan, man. He's awesome. Oh, Relaz. That's like our, that's, our number one. That's why fan. we're trying to help him out. Try it, dude. If you guys haven't seen, like, I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast, know that the other half of our group does a weekly webcast on Wednesdays on YouTube. All you have to do is go to warhammer30k.com. That's the YouTube channel. At 830 Central, there's a webcast. And, and honestly, we're going to kick somebody else's list over there as well, by the way. But they they do a live webcast, and this past webcast is probably one of the best ones we've had, just because it was like, like it's insanity. It's don't <laughs> don't go like don't listen to it if you want to hear anything about thirty k. There's no thirty k in the whole thing. It's like three and a half hours of just like Great. reality TV. It's so good. It's so it's <laughs> such a good like. It, I can't even. We bring Zane on the cast, and he like straight up is in college and. You've got Rob Porter from the Wolf Kim podcast. You have David Sampson with Black Label Painting. You have Josh De La Rosa with you know TFL, and then you know it, it. Everybody there like is just like completely just like unfiltered, uncharted. It was so good. It was such a good time. Like I couldn't probably one of the best webcasts like we've ever had. It was so good. It's so with nothing to do with thirty k in it. They were, everybody <laughs> was working on their thirty k. Like you know. <laughs> We're all hobbing on 30K while we're just talking total complete shit and nonsense. <laughs> it's a good time. It's it was pretty funny. I, I was entertained the whole time. I was trying to tell my wife, and she was uh, knitting and just looking at me like I was an idiot. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so what have you done, Hobby Progress? Well, I basically, to get back to that, because we got derailed there, uh, basically just did those planes, um, wrote some missions, worked on some lists for some people, um, that's pretty much about it. Bil- building a little bit of terrain. I'm building a giant-ass building to fit some Zone Mortalis tiles inside of so I can actually lift the roof off the building and play Zone Mortalis inside of a building while being on a normal game table. You're so next level, dude. So that's always, what I'm working on. Always thinking about the next the next step. Playing inside the Zone Mortalis. Big old roof. Have you, uh, have you like... Have you chopped up? I know you're chopping up all those uh, bunkers for that, right? The 
Well, I just was going to glue a bunch of Bastion kits together. Bastion. It's going to be a fairly simple design. We were talking about whether I should space the panels out or not um, by putting some boards or something in there, but I think I'm just going to glue them all together and say, screw it. It's going to cost me, like, two more Bastions, I think we figured up, but it's it's a lot less work, I think. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. If I had more time, I'd probably make it fancier, space it all out, just so it looked a little different, but because i want the you know i don't want to spend i got the michigan gt coming up we do all this work you know for the podcast and then i you know i want to get my normal hobbying done and all that i just i don't have time to mess with it i just want to knock it out get it ready for the event it's exciting but uh but yeah uh me myself i i've been posting a lot on instagram my all my dreadnought doors but i'll go ahead and post it on uh post it on the actual rfi picture dump but right now i think we've already discussed it's what two four six eight ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen i got 15 doors painted uh dreadnought drop pod doors and i have seven more than i need to do and by painted i mean it is the standard like three levels of like red that was part of your your painting uh formula there which is for all of you listening out there because you're gonna ask because everybody asks every time i post a picture of it it's always like hey what's the what's the recipe it's a corn red mephiston red vallejo bloody red and like just later and then line then line highlights with the same bloody red that you spray the these these i didn't line highlight Actually, what? I, I, I didn't line highlight them yet. It's no, part of the formula. I know, but I, I got, like we we talked about it. It's something I got to do later because he's got to be done pretty soon here. I I know I know it takes forever. Hold on one second, one second. Keep him busy. Oh, I got to talk. I got to talk while he's away. I can give you play by play. He's putting on the headphones. He's taking off the headphones. He's back. okay. Okay. So honestly, I I've been watching. Uh, uh, Samson's Twitch feed, right? Yep. So, so by the way, Black Label Painting is fantastic. So I've been watching his Twitch feed, and you know how he does, like, everything airbrushing? He's been airbrushing that Warlord. Yep. And so what I did was I saw, like, how he was airbrushing these big panels, and, like, he'd go, like, real wide with the dark color, and then he'd, like, bring it in for the, like, the, 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 the lighter Brighter ones. Yeah. So, that, so that's how I did these panels, you know? Yep. I don't know if you can see that. Yep, it looks good. So, like, the, the corners are, like, the darker color, and the inside is that actual bloody red. And, dude, like, I can't... Like, I feel like this isn't even my work. Like, I've never even ever airbrushed this good. I don't know. So, yeah, I got all those doors painted, and I know it seems like a lot of simple work, but, dude, it's so tedious. There's so much work to do. And I kind of messed up. I don't really know how, like, I fucked it up this bad, but you see how I have to put these... uh. Blood Angels decals on the top of every door? Yeah. Well, I micro-sold it and micro-set it, and I can see the micro-sole on the micro-set. Like Where it's like a like a blob around it? Yeah. Did you seal it in yet or no? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh. Well, if you didn't seal it in, I had good luck. You're going to laugh at this is the hillbilly in me. I went, huh, there's something on here. And I licked my thumb and just rubbed on saliva and then took a... Uh, paper towel and wiped it off and it took it off hmm. but if you've sealed it in there i don't know what to tell you yeah it's part of the model now oh well 
I still got to do, like, I still got to put the models together. Like, I just did the doors, and I haven't even done the inside of the doors. The inside of the doors is still black. Yep. But I don't think by the time the event comes around, I'm going to have time to do the doors. But I, I think, like, I think a full model of, you know, this red, I don't you think... You could at know. least, you could at least paint him silver. That wouldn't be hard. You could do that in one night. Just sit down and take a brush and just paint him silver, just so they don't, they're just not primer. I kind of, I kind of want to, like, I don't know how to put it, like, I'm worried about just painting them silver and because I know I'll leave them like that. You know? And, like, I'm, I'm kind of afraid... Because this is part of my Adepticon army. So... Yeah. I... And it's so crazy that, like, I'm planning Adepticon, like, six months in advance. Like, this is, like, the last piece for my Adepticon army. Well, I, I'm just planning on, like, I'm all only... Wor I'm worried about getting signed up. There's going to be so many people. I'm worried about the website crashing my computer catching on fire. Like it's going to be crazy trying to get signed up. So I'm not even thinking about an army. I'm just thinking about getting signed up. If I get signed up, then I'll worry about what I'm taking. If for some reason your computer crashes, you let me know immediately. I'll get you signed up and I'll cover your tickets and everything like that. You know what? I might just buy two tickets just to be safe. And I, I might buy two, two heresy tracks. Well, you can't, I don't think you can transfer them. They do that on purpose. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like, if you buy two heresy tracks, that's fine, but they just go to the first person on the waiting list. You can't pick a specific person to give it to. I did last year. Don't say that. It's against <laughs> the I gave up my heresy track. No, nah, it's one of those things. Like, it's fair. It's fair. Like, it's not the way it's designed. And it, this isn't the guys running the event. This is just Adepticon as a whole. So I'm going to talk a little shit about you right now. That system, that setup, whatever website you use, however you use it, that shit crashes. It sucks the way it's set up. I don't. I'm not a fan. Um, everybody struggles with it every year. I don't like that you have to have a hotel room. Your hotel rooms, uh, you have to get them so soon, and they sell out in like a day. But you put that out like months before you put the events out, so you may have a hotel room, and then not get signed up for any events, which is ridiculous. Like, why isn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Seems really, the whole system <laughs> is not the greatest. <laughs> the government it's all the government's fault <laughs> well i don't know about that i'm just saying that so anyway but everybody has to go through the same bullshit to sign up they just do so if if i go to sign up and my computer crashes or something happens or somebody beats me to it that's just how the world works man i hope that they have fun going i'm gonna be sad for myself but you know it's it is what it is that being said i'm still gonna go i mean even if i don't manage to get signed up because of something crazy happening, I'm going to do my damnedest. But if I don't get signed up, I'm still going to go. We'll just play pickup games or whatever. You know what? What? I'm not going to. You're not even going to talk about. He's yeah. like, I can't even think. I can't even think about not being able to get signed up. <laughs> like, I can't. Even, it doesn't yeah. even cross my mind. I can't even imagine it. I'd have to be like in the ICU and like still I'd like have one eye open and be like, Adepticon, sign Clear. me up. Click, sign me, my computer, bring me my computer, six minutes. <laughs> I'm just preparing my mind for the worst scenario. I'm a realist, so I understand that this is a possibility of happening, that I may not get signed up just because of the way shit is. So it is what it is. You got to prepare yourself beforehand for the disappointment. That way it's not as bad. <laughs> Mark Rayleigh, don't let us down. Make yeah. Sure there's have lots of, of spots. Yeah, have lots of spots. So, so anyway, anyway, so yeah, so this is my Adepticon army, right? 
Well, for my Adepticon army, like, I'm going all out painting-wise. And so I feel like if I just air, like, just, like, dry brush the silver, then I'll be like, ah, it's fine. You don't have to worry about it. So, like, I'm thinking for this event that I'm going to go to in October, which is, like, where we play the, the local guys, I'm just going to have the outside painted and the inside is going to be all black. It's going to look shitty for that event, but I think it'll still give me, you know, five months to actually truly paint the insides of them, so I think I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to have to play with them where the inside is black. And I think I'm going to take my Blood Angels too, but I'm not sure. To Adepticon? We'll yeah. That's badass. You should... Well, because I don't, I took my word bears and salamanders last year, and everybody saw those. So I want to take something different. So I give everybody a different look. So I take a new army. So I'll either take. It depends on how many events they have, and if they separate. If they're just going to do the one big narrative track like they're doing, depending on the points level. Like if they play at like twenty five hundred points, I may take my militia. I just don't feel like my militia will function well below that, just right. because of what I want to fit in. Um, but my blood angels, I'm fine with them at, uh, 2000 or less. Uh, I don't know. I, I kinda, I feel like my word bearers are my best painted army, but I took those last year. So I don't really want to take them again. I'm going to take them to Michigan GT too. I also need to figure out what I'm taking to, to stiff three <laughs> next year. The thing with that is I have to put it on a plane. So I want to take something that you know, will fit in luggage and all that too. Just mail it to us, dude. We've talked about this. Well, I might do that. I don't know. I, it's, it's, there's a lot to consider for that. The above and beyond, like, you know, normal consideration. I, I have a Pelican case that I'll send you that you can put a whole army in and then like, we'll custom cut the foam for you and all that stuff. And then put all your model, like send me a list of your army. We'll, we'll see. Like I haven't even. I'm gonna wait for you guys to. I'm gonna get signed up and read your pe players back and all that, and then try to decide and get something painted up. Try and game the game it. You're trying to game the whole system. No, I'm just playing. It's a narrative event. Why would you try to game the system? But yeah, no, I I'm a hundred percent sure I'm taking my Blood Angels to Adepticon. Uh, but if there's two tracks, like if there's a competitive and a narrative, and I know Mark Rayleigh had said last year that he was going to have a giant narrative track and do competitive yep. completely different separate. Like if there yep. is both of them, but they overrun each other, I'm just going to run narrative and I'll run but blood angels, too. blood angels, the entire narrative. But if right. there's, if they don't run over each other, uh, then I'm going to take my blood angels for the narrative and hopefully I'll have my black shields done for the competitive. See, that's what I was thinking, too, because I've sent you my Black Shields list. It's different than your Black Shield list. So we're going to take Blood Angels and Black Shields both? Maybe. That, are we take BABs? <laughs> actually, my Black Shields list would be... I was actually thinking about doing my Black Shield list for Stiff. You should, dude. I would love to see that list at Stiff. For, for those of y'all wondering about my Black Shields army, that's actually what I'm working on right now in front of Ryan. Yeah. That, that's more hobby progress than I guess we can go over. Uh, I've got, I'm putting Outriders together, but I use the, uh, KF Studio, uh, Mark IV Torsos, the Mark IV Space Wolf Torsos, and I also use the KF Studio, uh, Space Wolf Heads, which are, like, Ulrich the Slayer Heads, I guess is the best way to describe it, like, the Space Wolf, like, wolf helmet that's actually, like, a wolf skull and all that jazz, 
and they're so badass, man. Like I can't. And these like these Mark IV torsos they they send you. They look like a hundred percent Forge World. They look like Forge World torsos. Like they're modeled exactly like what a Mark IV torso would look like, except it's a hundred percent third party. It's nuts. Like I don't know how they get away with it. Like it looks. Well, now you've outed them. Now they're gonna get sued. No, I don't know, man. They're in Russia. Like Russia don't care. (laughs) Oh yeah, they don't care. (laughs) So, yeah, man. I I just got them in today, and I already. I mean, me and Ryan have basically been working on a list together like i think like you had the realization about some cool stuff at the same time like i was talking about it and you like said it and i was like oh oh my god i guess it's because we talk every day like we just (laughs) so i don't know like i like i'm working on these space wolves basically i'm calling them uh russ's hunting pack they're gonna be like some off the book space wolves who run around and go hunt space marines. That's all they do. Except I'm gonna use some black shield rules just because they don't have their own rules yet. But it makes sense, you know. They're not true like wolf lord telling them what to do and shit like that. I don't know. It's just a cheap way to get special rules for an army that doesn't have special rules. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. That's that's pretty much been my hobby progress. Uh, I, I designed up a display board for my, my blood angels, uh, that I think you'll find a lot of interest in. Cool. Uh, basically what I'm going to do is cause I have access to the laser cutter and all that jazz. I'm going to take some, uh, some that like thin, I don't know. It's like, it's wood. I mean, it's like real thin wood, like two or three millimeters thick. And, uh, I'm going to make a box out of it. And the box is probably going to be about two inches high, maybe three inches high. And I'm going to cut out out of the wood, I'm going to cut out eight circles. And inside of those eight circles, I'm going to have futuristic doors cut out. Okay. And I'm going to put those futuristic doors on each of the circles. And I'm going to have like two of the doors open and so my dreadnought drop pods will be sitting in two of those doors and I'm going to try and like, I have a shitload of sentinels that I had from, uh, whenever I played Imperial guard or Astra Militarum yeah. and just new in box that I have never used. So I'm going to use those sentinel arms or sentinel legs. to like basically be lowering these drop pods in like, like it's going to look the drop cradle. So it looks like they're getting ready for a drop assault. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to have this whole eight drop pods and I'm going to have, since I only have seven drop pods in my army, I'm going to have a, like the eighth door, like cracked open with like, I don't know, like all this like tape around it. Like, don't go near this door. This door's busted. Like, <laughs> you know what you could do? Oh yes. This is what I love. <laughs> you could you could make the, you drop that octave and like bring in the, what you could do. <laughs> this is what I do with my display boards. It's cheating and it's killing two birds with one stone. Because if you're going to build this cool display board, you know, it looks awesome. You might as well get some function out of it, too. Right. I I would make it the same size, like make it two by two. Yeah. So you could use it in Zone Mortalis, like as actual part of a Zone Mortalis table. Like okay. where the base of it is the same thickness. And it looks like it blends into whatever Zone Mortalis table you're going to. I'm just really worried about the uh, the wood being weak 
That's the only thing. And like, but like, the oh, wood to play is, on. Yeah, the wood is gonna be. Super well, I'm not. Easy I'm just cut. throwing that out there. Like, that's what I do. Like, if I build this one cool thing, I don't just want it to be like, here's my models on a spinning mirror. I like using my shit. You know what I mean? So like, I like my display board. I took last year. You know, I I take I build stuff for a display board so that I can later on use it as like an actual piece of terrain to play on as well. That's so smart. I didn't even think about that. I'm just thinking selfishly about myself and trying to build my own little display board. I mean, a lot of people do. I mean, it's not it's nothing selfish. I mean, some people just really like that. They build these really cool display boards, and not that they don't look cool, but it's like, you know, what else, What would also be cool is if it looks cool and you can actually play on it or use it. Man, I wonder how I would do that. Because, like, what, the Zomortalis boards are, like, that tall. Like, right. What, that maybe half an inch tall? If you need it thicker, you would make this display board thicker and then find something to, like, pink foam or whatever to lay underneath the Zone Mortalis board just to make it the same height when you play on it. Hmm. And the only reason why I even wanted it... Well, there's two reasons. I wanted it lifted so that I could have drop pods being lowered in. Like, I wanted yep. half the drop pod to be shown, like, you know, getting getting lowered into... Yep, into launch the launch pad, cradle. Launch yep. cradle. You know, you could make it flat and then build up a platform like it's a platform, like a race platform, but that's being lowered down into. That's a lot more work than... How hard is it to take a foam block that's two inches thick and cut the foam block and then put some plastic card on the outside of it to make it look like a platform and cut a hole in the top? Man, see, like, now, like, I'm going to come with this, like, flat board and, like, lowered in, and they're going to be like, well, it could have been this cool, but instead you decided to half-ass it and... I don't know. Hey, hey, do what you want. <laughs> but the fact that you even like said like to turn it into a Zomortalis tile, a two by two tile, and it would look so good because it'd be a. And full... then you could fight. You could fight objectives over it. You could be like, oh, we got to stop them from launching these drop pods on the planet. We got to, you know, within five turns, blow these drop pod cradles up. So you could do cool shit like that. You fight over it. I was actually yeah. gonna go to like Power Play Gaming, and I was gonna have them uh, send me LEDs, or I was gonna buy LEDs from them and have like pulsing red LEDs like all over the whole thing because I knew I was gonna have all that room inside of it like for batteries yep. and stuff like that. So I just like flip a switch. It's like, but you still can. You still can. Yeah. Just I'm wondering like how this would work out. I feel like it's gonna be really easy. The problem I'm gonna run into is uh making the texture for the actual tile itself like i'm, I'm a little bit what do you worried. want it to look like mm, like the inside of a ship the interior of a spaceship but i'm my, but now that now that you mentioned the zomortalis thing like i think i can get like a lot of uh a lot of inspiration from zomortalis like i didn't i guess i didn't even well, think I about sent, i sent you that mold i made yeah with the the, that stuff you could you could use some of that um there's also i'll show you some stuff after we get done recording there's this uh company that used to just make these plastic sprues where you could build your own space hulk tile out of it it's called like spaceship x or some shit like that you might be able to use some of their stuff there's also a bunch of plastic card companies there's one called evergreen and then there's another one that will sell some really crazy looking textures that i think you'd be surprised with what it looks like That'd be fantastic if you send me. Actually, anybody listening, if you could send me information on that, 
Like, cause it's gonna be bare, like bare wood. It's not balsa. I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like bare wood that's gonna be through all the whole thing. And I can laser cut the doors and laser cut like the panels and all that stuff. And I can make like a taper, like you know, I can make it look really good. But it's basically gonna be bare wood. So like, I'm gonna have to find some way to texturize that wood to make it look like. Uh, I would just there's all kinds of plastic card that has all kinds of cool, uh, like molded stuff into it and all that dang so I'll, I'll i'll send you some pictures because i bought some of it before they make diamond plate stuff so here's i don't know if you can see that so this is that i have some of this kit focus, is it focus? what company is that just shout it out um so i can spaceship x 3d terrain that sounds like a porno spaceship x 3d terrain yeah man that's hmm. and those are pretty thin plastic tiles um and you they come like on just a sprue like a, and you clip them off and you can do whatever with them space hulk terrain dude what is going on here beast award did a review on them yeah but yeah. i i bought i bought some of the sprues um but you, you could use some of that stuff. Oh, uh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because I could just line the whole floor with that. Yeah. See, that that's the kind of detail I wanted, but I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get on my own. Yeah. So I was going to lay down, like, Cities of Death tiles, but I think these would actually be the, the way to go. I got some other ideas for you. I got some other stuff I'll show you. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I drop these little things into that little computer mind of yours. It's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing... Blow, gotcha. He's working on it. He's processing it. Yeah. So, anyway. That's what I've been working on. And that's my, my future goals, man. I'm so glad you showed me this stuff. And anybody out there, if you're listening, uh, I, I do need help on this stuff. So, And if you if you know, like... And yes, I said power play because like that's like pretty much the only LED company that I know of. But if you have some good LED skills out there and you can help me out with this wiring, I'd gladly do it myself as well. Power play makes some legit stuff, but I will I will admit they are pretty costly. So we'll see how that goes. So that's what I've been working on, man. I guess we should start getting into the list now. And no, 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 no. Real uh, quick, we got to talk about the leaked white dwarf image. We literally have to. Oh my god, I forgot about that. So, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this leaked white dwarf image. So, if, the, if those of y'all haven't seen, I don't know how you wouldn't have seen. I literally watched it from last night about 10 p.m. Hit up every channel of Facebook that I've ever been on. Uh, like, it hit the Aus30K first. Like, the Australians got it first, I feel like. And then it got leaked over to us and then, like, it just slowly filled up the whole internet. Uh, basically, somehow, like, we switch over to this new uh, monthly subscription of White Dwarf so that leaks don't happen as much, and immediately the cover for November 2016 gets leaked. And on the cover itself, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but on the cover, there's Custodes, there's... Uh, Bjorn. Thousand Sons. There's Thousand Sons in Mark III, and there's Thousand Sons in Tataras armor. Bjorn is in there, 
And if you look really close at the top, there's Sons of Horus there too. But the, the Sons of Horus, all you see is their legs, and I think they're in the Mark IV armor. You can like barely make out that lime or that teal green that's in there. And I know they had mentioned that they were retconning the story to where Sons of Horus were going to be on Prospero. And I, I know how they had like mentioned they were doing that, so it kind of goes in with a canon that has been like discussed or whatever. Hmm. But like, I don't know, man. So we've seen an Aramon. We've seen Tataris armored Terminators. And then this is all like stuff that that Garo guy had like dropped saying like, oh, it's going to be Garo, Mark III Terminators, uh, Contemptor. And like he didn't mention the Custodes though. So like, oh, not the Contemptor, the Daredeo. Yeah. So what are you thinking, dude? Like, what do you, you think it's all going plastic now? You think it's all going to... I think 30K is going plastic. People want to still be in denial and say, oh, it's not, it's not. And I'm like, they're, they're, you know, like we were talking last night and they're like, well, it'll just be the basic stuff, like the power herber. I'm like, well, I don't consider like custodies basic. Like, like that's a very specific faction that has a very specific look to them and they're in plastic. And then they're like, yeah, well, all the characters and stuff will be in resin. I'm like, well, well Aramun and Bjorn aren't. They're in plastic. So, you know, and Games Workshop has bought all these, you know, recently just purchased all these machines and tooling to make larger, more sophisticated plastic kits. So, it, and then you look at all the the evidence of uh, when's the last time we've seen like Forge World at one of these like games days or whatever give you like, here's a mock-up of something, you know, that we're working on that's not already out yet other than Russ. The only thing I can think of is the night uh, periphon or whatever, and the the, the macro explorer, the Daredeo arms, uh, the arms and the uh, automatic paves. But. but you get what I'm saying, like so. For example, like we saw a mock-up of the uh, Mastodon like a year and a half ago. Like we're making it, you know, blah blah blah, and now it's out in resin, right? Right. But we, from like from the time that all this stuff, like the the what are the the secretary, the new Mechanicum guys, yeah. um, what else has come out recently? The Stormbird, the, the Mastodon, heads. like all that stuff. We saw images of that a year and a half ago, and then ever since that, all we've been seeing is more images of the same shit, and now it's all released. And now the only things that aren't released are those little bitty things that you're saying. I think it's switching over to plastic. I think that's why we've not seen it. Hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe they're like switching over factories. I know that they said that the new void shields are Chinese made now. Like that's they're switching the new over. plastic kit. Mm-hmm. The new void shield plastic is China. Yeah, it makes sense that it's a hundred dollars. In sorry, I can't can't hold my tongue on that. A hundred dollars? Are you kidding me? A hundred dollars. It's a dope kit. They know that they know they got gold on their hands there. A hundred dollars. I don't know, dude. Like, and on top of that, did you also see that there's going to be the rules for the custodes and the white dwarf? They're going to get like two thousand eight blood angels. Are they are they four are they forty k rules or are they thirty k rules? It says custodes rules to use in the age of darkness in horse heresy games. Well, there you go. 
Yeah. So now who wrote them? Did the 30K studio write them or did the 40K studio write them? Maybe they just talked to each other like over the desk. Like, hey, man, if you could. I don't know. Write this, this rule. What would you this do? Shit, this shit makes me nervous. I'm just saying. I'm going to put that out there. I don't like it. You're going to see a custodes formation for 30K and lose your shit or what? <laughs> Um, you won't have a podcast partner anymore. We're gonna. I'm gonna go on an eight hour rant and then slam the microphone down and go play BattleTech. If that happens, I'm just saying. BattleTech. I'm gonna go play Bop It Extreme. Go play something. <laughs> we'll be playing any more Games Workshop product. Uh, I know so many people that like are in the exact same feeling and same way of you. Like, if it becomes 40k, I'm out. It's like, yeah, that's nobody want like I, we left 40k because it sucks or we think it's like I can't say it as if, like it's a factual statement. I think it sucks. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. And I can't put myself in someone's shoe. Like if I put myself in other people's shoes and still imagine it, I still think it sucks. Like I can't wrap my brain around why people still play it. I really don't understand. Um, Same thing with Age of Sigmar. Tried it out. I don't. I just, I don't get it. I think Kings of War is 9,000 times better of a game. Um, so, and I don't, it's not even like, I could even get through the rules of 40K because I got into the game because I like the models, like the fluff, like the hobby aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like playing the game is only one part of it, but I don't like anything, any direction they've taken 40K in. I don't like, uh, Blood Angels be bopping around with Necrons, giving them fist bumps and fighting Tyranids. I don't like <laughs> um, the whole like Dark Angels attacking Fenris with like demons on board the Dark Angel vessel and they don't can't figure it out or whatever. Like all that shit is stupid. It's really dumb. The new codexes, if you read them, the fluff in there is absolute garbage. It's we call it an, they're like an ad lib. If you look, if you read every unit entry, they're the same with different adjectives in them. You can literally write a paragraph, take all the adjectives out, and then write a wall of like adjectives that would describe Space Marines, like powerful, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? And then Eldar, you just do like agile, fast, quick, whatever. And then you can just do an ad lib and just write unit entries like that, and they read exactly like they do in the new codexes. It's pathetic. Mm. Me and you could write a 40K codex and use fucking clip art and Microsoft paint bucket that they use to make those piece of shit uh, color panels that they have that look like they've been done with Crayola crayons and Microsoft paint bucket. Click, <laughs> fill this, <laughs> fill these lines with red. It looks like dog shit. Like everything is like copy paste, clip art, shitty editing tools. It looks like those books take a week to make. They're really bad production value. The new fluff in them's dog shit. A lot of the new art looks like let me just show you. I have this book right here. So they take a lot of the old art, which looks cool, and they just recolor it, I guess, which is kind of all right. But the, the new stuff that they design looks like this. This looks like Thundercats anime shit. Like, oh, that guy's like, that is terrible. What are you doing? So, like, I don't, like, 40K. Take a, take a picture of that so we can throw it in the RFI dump. <sighs> You got to. Okay. You got to. People well, got to know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I think that the art sucks. I think that the fluff sucks, and I think that the game sucks. That's just me. Like, I don't like any of it. I don't like the direction they're going with it. I don't like any of it. And you're afraid if that's you, going to bleed over to Horse Heresy. Yes. If, if the same people, if the same design team works on it, I don't know how it can. You know, maintain like, 
I'm fine, I guess, if they just want to, like, I'm fine with the models going over to plastic and, you know, maybe getting them faster or whatever. It's easier to convert, all that. I like working with plastic better. So if the same design team that writes all the rules that has control of 30K has total control over that, and then they just basically give Games Workshop their CAD design, like, I don't even want Games Workshop to really design the models. Like, I want the Forge World sculpting team and all that to still design the models, but then Games Workshop just manufactures them in plastic. But I don't want, like, a Dark Angel jet that looks like a goldfish cracker that has a cathedral built <laughs> on its back. You know what I mean? Shit's stupid. I don't want Space Wolves riding sleighs being pulled by wolves with Space Wolves riding wolves on a suit that looks like Baby Bjorn holding a wolf on its chest or any of this other newfangled He-Man Saturday morning cartoon bullshit that they've switched over to. So, this is, by the way, this is a totally unplanned rant. Michael got me on it talking about like we were just supposed to talk about this cool new set. It's okay, man. You got to let it out. I mean, but it's like, that's how I feel. Like it scares me to death. And if they switch over, place. because like I said, I've, I've started, I've slowly sold off my 40 K armies. You know what I mean? I don't hardly have any of them left. I pretty much given up on any playing 40 K. Um, I took all my fantasy armies that after they squashed that game of major age of Sigmar, I don't, I haven't bought anything new and I've just converted all my stuff over to be used in Kings of War. So I'm out of every Games Workshop thing except for 30K. And the second that they ruin it, I'm not even giving them a second opportunity to like redeem themselves. Like it's, you're either, you, it's already fine. Everybody likes it. This is like the last bastion for people like me that are like from the old school that have been playing for a long time, you know like the art style the fluff and whatever that's what got us into the game you know what i mean like we've been forced into this is all we have left and we love it don't mess with it and if you mess with it you're losing my business forever i'm never coming back i'm done like i'm just sorry like i don't care what you do i don't care if you if kevin or whatever the fuck his name shows up to my house and knocks on the door and personally apologizes it you know it's not happening i'm not coming back like i'm just not i don't know how much more the community can directly express itself to let you know that what you're doing, we don't approve of. I mean, if you get on their Facebook, if you like talk to people grassroots level, just talk to anybody. They don't like it. I don't know. Like I don't know anyone. Like look at how many people we talk to, like, you know, on the podcast, on Facebook, my local gaming group, all that. I don't know anyone. I don't, I can't even talk, to, I don't talk to anyone that still likes 40K. Like, well, they, they'll play it, but they don't like it as much as 30K. You know, they don't like the direction it's really going in. I don't even know anybody like that. We pick up so many converted people in 30K just for the old school play style. Like the, the, the no frills play style. I, I don't know how to put it. Like, I, I always think of it as like Warhammer 40K historical where it's like, you know, it, I don't. Well, OK, so let's say you want to play Chaos Space Marines in 40K right now. Mm -hmm. You have to have a rule book, right? You have to have the, the Chaos Codex. You got to have the Black Legion Codex. You got to have the Crimson Slaughter Codex. You got to have this new Traitor's Hate book. Um, you got to have a Demon's Codex. You got to have the new campaign setting with the new updated demon rules in it. Um, you got to have Bellacore's data sheet. Uh, you got to have uh, Cypher's data sheet. There's other shit. 
there was some other stuff. We've counted all this. Oh, then they reprinted those other two Black Legion and whatever supplements since then. Um, basically, we counted. I think you have to have 11 books to play Chaos Space Marines if you want all the rules. Wow. That's real. That's real life. And And it's just like... Who wants to keep track of all that? And then who wants, like, every month is some new formation that's, like, the formation? It's just so... I'm just so over it. It's Dude, so ridiculous. That's how, like... I, I don't... Like, that's how I see... Like, I don't understand... Because I have trouble keeping up with, like, Salamander, Rights of Wars and shit. Like, I can't imagine, like, knowing another army's formation. Somebody could come up to me with, like, a Tau formation and be like, oh, yeah, it's a three... uh three storm surges that get this and that. And I'm just like, okay, sure. Well, my whole question is why, like, how is that fun for anyone? Like I'm going to set up, like there's this towel formation. You set up these battle suits. They ignore cover. You don't need line of sight to shoot them. And they always hit vehicles on their weakest armor facing. Why? Like this is supposed to be a tactical board game. That's like, I don't understand that way of thinking. You're literally just playing with like GI Joes at that point with your friends. Like when you were nine, like <laughs> I guess that whoever designs it thinks that everybody wants to just play where it's like, I'm going to get a sack of pretzels and drink some beer and eat fucking pretzels and make pew pew noises and roll some dice. And we're not going to have any organization or whatever to it, but that's not what your customer base wants. I hate to tell you, maybe some of them do, but the majority doesn't. Nope. Nope. Not the ones that, uh, that want to play a game. I mean, even like, even the most like fluff player that wants to play these fluff lists or whatever, like for one, if, even if you're that guy, you don't want to play against the Tau army that just like, you know, on the first turn rolls a bunch of dice and removes all your models and doesn't basically obey any of the rules that the core rules that the game's designed around. Like, and then uh, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like the game's, you still want the, the whole per, the whole reason for the game is to be fun. Right? Right. But like you're going so loosey goosey, going loosey goosey, like like way off the deep end of let's just play fluff and let's make pew pew noises and not have points and not have rules and this does that is just as bad in the other direction as being like an absolute total rules lawyer where everything is just a math equation. I hate to tell people. It's the same, it's different. But neither one is fun. It's just not. Like, I don't want to get down on my knees and push a rhino around the floor going vroom, vroom, vroom with three other soft-brained idiots. Like, that's not fun to me. You know? I also don't want to go to, like, the super cutthroat tournament where everybody's running, you know, the newest shit and everything's broke down to a math problem where you got it figured out where these three armies are the only armies that ever have a chance of winning because of math. That's lame, too. I feel like 30K is like they've built a healthy enough ecosystem. The system's balanced enough to where you can pretty much take what you want and nothing is so exploitive that it ruins the experience for yourself or anyone else. I get it, man. I so You, you are very, very much against <laughs> Games Workshop transforming Horse Heresy into... 40k 40k they've basically 40k the the simplest i can break it down to is they've made every game a game of apocalypse 
Yeah. Points don't really matter because you get all this special shit from formations that throw all the points way out of whack because you may have balanced an orc boy against a marine, but then when you add the same orc boy for zero points to this formation and he gains, you know, three new special rules, shouldn't he be worth more points? Yeah. But he's not because you've run it in this formation and they don't add any points. So it's like if you're playing 40k still and you're shitting on Age of Sigmar because it has no points or whatever, you're an idiot because you're still playing Age of Sigmar. They've buffaloed you. They fooled you into thinking you're using this balance. I have points, so it's okay. It's not. You know, if I just, like, randomly throw darts at a dartboard and say, Necron raids are, and I throw the dart at the dartboard and it lands on 35 points, even though they've not actually playtested it to see if it really is, you're still, it doesn't matter. It's, it's so unbalanced, it doesn't matter. And that's what I feel like 40K's done. And everything's a D weapon. Everything's these formations. Everything has 9 trillion special rules you don't pay for. And it's just, it's absolute, just... I don't I don't get it. I really don't get why people still play it. And people aren't like I feel like a lot of this crap they're doing is because they're struggling money wise. I mean, you can't prove it. It's not like they're going to open the books and show us. But it sure is a lot of people that seem to be exiting to play 30K or exiting to play other game systems. I mean, when we were at Adepticon, we didn't see Age of Sigmar anything. It was all Ninth Age, which is a player made system and Kings of War. That's all we saw. So, I mean, they're going to have to get their act together. I mean, I mean, at what point do you quit ignoring the fact that people seem to not want to play your game anymore in this direction you're going in and, like, try to change it? I don't know, man. If it starts happening, like, we haven't seen any, any sort of, like, uh, I don't know how to put it. Like, there's no evidence that they're changing the rules or changing the rules to make the rules, like, more overpowered or anything like that. It's still pretty balanced right now. So. I'm just saying I'm putting their ass on notice. I'm watching you closely. <laughs> I'm watching you closely, Forge World. And I think I think there's enough support out there now. Like, there's enough community out there that if things started changing like that, that... You know, we could have, like, a petition or something like that. Games Workshop would actually, like, listen. Would they listen? I feel would like they? they would. I feel like they would. I, feel I like... don't think they would. They're, I can't figure... I really... Like, it's... If they actually change this, to me... Okay, so this is just stats. So, like, 80... Like, if you drink soft drinks, like, if you're... Like, ever, there's Coke and there's Pepsi people, right? Right. But most people like Coke. It's like 80-20, Coke to Pepsi. Okay. It's like, if somehow Pepsi worked up the funds through whatever corporate bullshit to buy Coke, Right? And mm -hmm. then made the made the product that people like more taste more like Pepsi. That's what Games Workshop seems to do with all their shit, and it makes zero sense. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't like. I don't know. Like you said, there's no evidence of it, but we'll see. I'm just saying they're on notice. I'm watching them. I'm just saying this. This makes on, me nervous. You're on notice, G Dub. Got Ryan all. Got Ryan's blood pressure all up. It is. He's it gonna... just makes me mad. You spend all this time, all you know, it's your primary hobby. You spend all this money, all this time. You have fun. You build this community. You do all this stuff. And then they, you know, do whatever. Like, I don't, it's like, I, I just, I don't understand it. It's like all their new stuff is like a money grab. But at the same time, the things that are trying to do a money grab pisses everyone off. 
So it's like they hate money and want to grab money at the same time. It's like they're totally clueless to what their player base actually wants out of their game. They're really out of touch. I'm going to take this whole rant. I'm going to put it on YouTube behind inspirational music. And, like, it's going to change the world. I'm going to do that. That's going to happen. Dude, this this is everybody rants. Like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's gonna, I'm telling you, it's going to be behind some inspirational music. I'm going to do, like, it's going to be like, you know, when, like, Joe Rogan on his podcast, like, went off and was like, no, that's not how things work. And he's, like, talking. They put, this, like, inspirational music behind him. That's what I'm going to do. And it's going to be beautiful. And I'm just going to put it on Games Workshop. And then they're going to send it to Kevin. and be like, hey, Kevin, did you see what this guy said on YouTube about us? And they don't care. They don't care. We'll they only care if you get in their wallet and don't buy their stuff. So I, that's that's how that's how it works. And I I really honestly do feel like uh you, I don't know I just don't see as many people buying forty k shit or getting into forty k. So I feel like they're trying to absorb thirty k over into mainstream games workshop to basically get those people back because they own both companies. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, they haven't really touched it. I mean, look, look, they released Cal, and they haven't touched us. Like, they haven't touched War Horse Heresy at all. You know, maybe it's just gonna be like that. Maybe just like maybe Games Workshop just trying to sell models. And I uh, hope, I hope, I hope they leave it the hell alone. Well, I think we'll be okay. Sorry, everybody to, that that's worried now. They're probably in their car ride to work and scared. what do i know i'm just i'm just some guy in indiana <laughs> that likes pork tenderloin sandwiches i'm just saying like there may be there's probably a bunch of people out there shaking their head or have turned it off they're like i love 40k i love this new art but i don't know i've been playing since the very 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 beginning of second ed and it seems to me that it's gotten basically you know i don't know a lot of the guys i feel like that made 40k what it is and makes makes it the universe that everybody knows and loves are gone now and they're just replaced with a bunch of like soulless corporate suits that want to sling models that don't get it <laughs> just a bunch of suits i think it's gonna be okay dude i think it's all gonna be all right so anyway we got a stronger community now so we anyway the new plastic box set the models look cool but it makes me nervous <laughs> Models look great. Yeah, I'm. I. I mean, the only picture that we've seen of the new models are very. Is the white dwarf cover? Yeah, yeah. They're very blurry. You can't really tell. I. I tried cleaning them up. I tried running it through like a CSI enhancing program. It didn't work. Yeah. So, but everybody's saying that's Bjorn at the front. I don't know. I don't see it. All I see is a blob with a lightning claw. So, but it could be baby Bjorn. Baby Bjorn. But I don't see why they'd have Bjorn on the front cover and not Aramon. Because we've all seen Aramon. But I guess that picture was taken long before they accidentally leaked his model in the box set. Yep. I don't know. Sorry for my rant, everybody. I'm trying to chill back out so we can get back on to fun stuff. I hate talking about negative shit. I really do. But it is what it is. You know what I feel like would make you, would bring your spirits up? Talking about a stormbird and talking with David Sampson. Let me get let me get Sampson on real quick. Give me one second here. Okay, David. David, can you hear us? Are you there? Are you there, David? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. David Sampson, everybody, with Black Label Painting. 
I feel like I said, you know, I feel like like pawn stars, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, let me go and get my expert in. Let me go and bring him. I got my expert on how to build big models and stuff like that, how to build a Stormbird. So let me just read this. I'm gonna read you this email law. Well, actually, it's not even an email, it's a Reddit message. I got a Reddit message from Redditor Ripen Ripen pe- Peppers. Ripen Peppers. And it is for it's a question he had. He says, Hi Mike. I have a question for you guys on the next episode of RFI. I went to Nova Open in the beginning of September and saw some amazing horse heresy armies. It inspired me to do more big events outside of my local store, and as a part of that, I'd like to have a display board for my army with a Socor pattern Stormbird as a centerpiece. So that's a massive chunk of resin. That's, that's fucking huge. Yeah. So he says, the primary purpose of the Stormbird is a big hobby project, and I have a couple questions about it. For what your what is your guy's approach when taking on a big model like that? I've worked with Forge World before, but the biggest ones were the Sakaran and the Elder Revenant. Nothing as hefty as a Stormbird. So, David. Well, he's he's definitely going from uh, fucking that sink or swim method. You know, go for owning a canoe to buying a forty foot yacht. Um, Yes. When, it, when it comes to doing the big kits like that, man, you got to kind of plan it out. You got to take your time, not be in a rush. I always like the very first thing I do is I get the kit, break it out, run through everything, look at everything, make sure there's no miscast, any mold slips. Uh, I clean everything up and then I immediately give it a 24 hour bath. You know, there's there's several different ways that people do it. I mean, you know, I've always just uh, got a really good concentrated dish soap and put all the parts in like a big tub and just soak them for 24 hours. I mean, after you do that, that's that's like the main thing. You know, just get all that release agent off because it's nothing like getting, you know, three-quarters of the way into a big kit and you got your primer on and then shit's just flaking off like dandruff. So <laughs> the, rele- the release agent is definitely something to be very cognizant of. Um, what what, uh, what kind of, like, you said you use, like, I- I've, seen, I've seen pictures of, you know, on your Facebook and stuff like that. You use a big tub, like a, like the big tubs you like get at Walmart to hold clothes and stuff in. Yeah, yeah, that shit you put under your bed. You know, you put, you know, I don't know, your porn, your whatever, your sexual <laughs> toys or whatever in there. <laughs> Keep them away from the kids and throw them under the bed. Yeah, one of those big tubs that, that holds, I don't know how many quarts it is, but it's pretty decent size. Uh, when I do a Warlord, it takes probably two of those to do a Warlord and uh, in about a half a bottle of damn dish soap. Uh, I usually mix the dish soap with the warm water or, you know, lukewarm water before I pour it in there. It's not like I just douse dish soap all over it and then pour water on it because, you know, it's not really mixed before you put it in there. That's how I would have uh, done it. I'm glad you clarified that. Because yeah, I would have just, like, taken a... Yeah, no, that ain't going to work. <laughs> that ain't going to work. <laughs> Only parts of it will get cleaned. Um, but that's pretty much how I prep. I prep the K. I prep the, the models and... While that's it's doing its 24-hour bath, I usually get the instructions. Yeah, I know a man saying instructions is like the fucking worst thing ever. But with the Forge World kits, I'll actually get the instructions and kind of scan through them and try to plan out my sub-assemblies because those big kits, man, they're intense. And it depends on how well you – if you want to make a display out of it and you want to put lights in it and uh, and uh, you know Bluetooth and all that jazz, it sounds like you want to get really involved with it. So you're going to want to blow out the damn – interior that thing while you're at it if you're going to go that far into it i would at least do the interior of it and i haven't really seen the the, the sub assemblies of a stormbird yet 
but I'm pretty sure it's like the the Mastodon. So you got like a lot you can paint inside there. So you're gonna have to look at the instructions and then figure out um, how much sub assembly work you're gonna have to do because you obviously can't assemble the whole damn thing, uh, and then start painting because you're really gonna be hating your life. And then I don't know. I, I don't know about the whole bluetooth and the lights i mean i've never really done much of that but i know it can be done so you're gonna have to look for space to hide everything um and then having a plan like how you want what you want to paint it all that jazz i guess i'm going over some of this i hope you can edit this i'm going over some of the stuff that the speaker i would hide in the base like because you're gonna have to build a custom base for stormbird it's not going to come with like whatever Mm -hmm. i would put all the speaker and shit and the battery and all that that uh well, power everything, put all that in the base, and then I, I think I honestly, the, honestly the acoustics. This, this this goes back to my building speaker box days. The acoustics of a speaker echoing around inside that damn Stormbird would it, would actually make the the sound louder if it bounces off the walls and right. Maybe. But if you if you put all that crap in it, I don't know how you would hide it where you could paint the interior and everything like you're saying. Yes, yeah, I say you'd have to be. That'll be the research you have to do while the thing's soaking, you know, looking for spots to uh, put stuff like that. He had actually mentioned, I, I don't know if I read that part of the email out for the for the listeners out there, but he says, my ideas for it are a little ambitious and include some LED lights and a possibly a Bluetooth speaker inside the compartment, if the inside of the compartments are big enough. So, like, looking at the, I, I guess really the only thing, because none of us have actually seen a Stormbird interior, I guess looking at the like a Thunderhawk, the Thunderhawk had plenty of room to keep stuff on the inside and the rear. Yeah, so. Thunderhawk's got some good room. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Thunderhawk's got a good little amount of room. Um, what the hell's mine at? Mine's laying around here somewhere. Uh, you can put a lot of that stuff up in the, and it all depends if you're going to detail out the the actual cockpit. But if you don't, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't detail out the cockpit, you can just cover up the glass. And then put a lot of your uh, your stuff up there in the cockpit, probably. Yeah, I mean that's just going off of that example and like how that yeah. that should get modeled or anything like that. Uh, I guess heat gun work you did like with with your warlord kits. Oh, yeah, well I don't, I don't. Luckily these the resin on the warlords are are they're they're actually such big chunks. Like the pieces on these things are pretty big that I don't get very much warpage at all on these war, on these warlords. Now the the Thunderhawk I was I was luckily I didn't have to build the one that I got. I was told it was pretty murderous. So I would assume that the Mastodon and the Stormbird both are going to be kind of uh, a little bit of a task. And I've always just used a hairdryer. I mean, heat guns will work if you got some seriously warped shit though. <laughs> yeah, that's a when I got my Thunderhawk, that was probably one of the biggest issues was where, where the top connected to the bottom plate <clears throat> that was warped and then actually to this day my wing is warped like it just it bends down a little bit but if you don't look at it close enough you can't tell now that i telling everybody on the internet everybody's it's got a lazy me. wing yeah, yeah when i'm when i'm when i'm at a stiff three i'll be like damn that thing's got a lazy wing on it <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell if it's flying this way or that way <laughs> yeah 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 but it, but as far as I mean, I'm sure he'll already have what Legion he's going to go with, and and painting these big kits. Okay, what I've what I found in painting the bigger kits is actually easier than painting the smaller kits. Just for me personally, or, or painting 
let me let me try to compare painting painting a fifteen hundred point army. Uh, okay, painting a thousand point army. Um, it takes a little bit of work, but I can knock out a warlord in less time than it would take to paint a thousand points. <laughs> Just because the panels are so big, and you can the sub assembly work gives me a, you know a lot of room for doing metal work. So the bigger kits, I mean. Most people look at them and they're just immediately intimidated by them, and they're really—they're not—they're nothing to be really intimidated with. You know, the worst part is—is is cleaning and fitment, and like, I don't—I'm not sure on the on the Stormbird, but like the Warlords, they're—they're they're not bad at all. So, don't be intimidated by it. If you're you're, you're talking about it being a a nice little hobby task for yourself, I mean, it's a great little hobby task, and especially if you was to get the new tile that the that that. Forge World just released. I mean, I think that would just look awesome. Dude, that'd be a fantastic centerpiece. If you're talking about taking this to events and everything like that, like I couldn't imagine a Stormbird being at Adepticon dropping off an army. Like if that was part of the centerpiece of your your display board, it'd be a nice, nice little yep. centerpiece. Nerds will be a fapping. You'd be taking <laughs> home some medals, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to have <laughs> damn near 1200 Twelve hundred dollars and just two models. That is your is your display piece. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> uh, so, but is but again back to painting. You know, airbrushing is your friend. I don't think anybody would ever want to brush paint a fucking soaker pet stormbird. Oh, that yeah. would that would take forever in three days. Um, I hope but I, it's not that bad. Ripened peppers. If you don't have an airbrush and you're planning on just attacking this with your your little individual brushes, don't do it. Send it over to David. He'll take care of you. <laughs> I mean, I'll hook you up. <laughs> uh, but I, I've got the Storm, uh, the Storm, the, the Thunderhawk I can, I'm going to be doing on my Twitch feed uh, whenever I get around to it. It's, you know, it's still in the queue a little bit, but uh, I will be covering, uh, painting the big kits on my Twitch feeds. And those will get uploaded to, they're going to be getting uploaded to the TFL guys' uh, YouTube so you can just source it from their YouTube as well. Because you guys are fucking awesome. Heck yeah, guys. Warmer30k.com. But definitely go check out David, man. We've watched David paint Warlords. He painted Josh's Warlord. He's a great guy. We had to bring him in to kind of help some... paint. Help. I got to clarify. I got to help. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get emails. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get the threats. <laughs> so, so, yeah, guys. I mean, check him out. Check out his uh, Twitch feed, Black Label Painting. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. He's what well, you usually paint on Saturdays, right? Like uh, yes, yeah, I'll be usually around six o'clock. So I'll be doing one tonight, Central Time, right? Central Time. That's yeah, right. Man. I'll be I'll be watching that. Yeah. So check that out, guys. Man, we appreciate you coming in, David. We definitely wanted to get you in to to help this boy out with that. Thanks, man. I'm glad you guys had me on. I've always wanted to be on one of my favorite podcasts because I don't get enough of you fucks. We we need to time. we need to get him on here just to. Like do a normal podcast, like as a guest. We would love to, you, David. You're always invited. Do we get my radio voice on? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, just do the whole podcast and like radio announcer voice. I thought about doing it all on one of my Twitch feeds, just getting all jacked up on Mountain Dew and just doing it as a uh, what is that a monster truck rally announcer guy? <laughs> Sunday, Strip. Sunday, Sunday. Strip I'm, club DJ is the best. Yeah. Strip club DJ, that'd be, good. that'd be good. Honestly, dude, if you're doing a Twitch feed, I've always wanted to see somebody do it 
like uh like talk radio like not not normal talk radio like a like a npr like and uh just let you guys know we're gonna go ahead and get this warlord titan painted up and uh, just monotones the whole way yeah. Just do it. Do it like on a. Come up with a theme and do it on Halloween. Do a Halloween or Halloween theme when where you dress in a costume and then do a voice. Like, oh fuck! I'm gonna have to accept that as a challenge. Full business suit, man. I'm. T- I'm. My vote's on NPR. Like I could not imagine monocle and everything or no. Like you'd have yeah, so many. Oh, hey, so he's got to do it, but then at the end of it, he has to stand up and he's like in SpongeBob SquarePants boxer shorts. So it's yep. just the top half, like. Because you always imagine those news desk people are like that, that they yeah. just have, because you only see them behind the desk from the front. So you got walk away with those suspenders on my ankles, like, you know, holding your socks up and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you got business socks and business yeah, shoes Yeah, business socks on and church shoes. Flip flops on over socks. <laughs> yeah. Some house slippers. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all want to see me take off my clips? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> That's fucking horrible. Well, anyway, we appreciate you being on, David. All right, man. I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Keep doing your things. You have a good one, man. See you, Samson. Okay, so on to part two of this uh, this Reddit request here. Thanks to uh, David Sampson. Uh, second, what are your th- thoughts on the Stormbird stat line? At 850 points, it's hard to me see using it in anything other than a Leviathan detachment or Apocalypse game. And with a transport capacity of 50, it's probably going to be carrying the rest of my army. In say a three thousand point game, being able to put your entire army wherever on the anywhere on the table can be pretty cool. But do you think the Storebird has any other use other than narrative or what if scenario? Thanks. And then uh, he actually sent pictures of his uh, his Nova army. He's the Alpha Legion army, which it's part of that Nova dump that I pulled and posted on the Facebook. He's the Alpha Legion army in there. So uh, his his Alpha Legion army actually looks really good. But anyway, how would you use a Stormbird at 850 points? Uh, Ryan, go ahead and take that off. Like I know you. All right. Well, you can't you can't use it in a Leviathan detachment. That's the very first thing because your Leviathan detachment, if you look at it, it's a, you a compulsory Lord of War, and then you can take two additional Lords of War, and then it allows an Allied detachment where you can actually take like infantry and stuff. The problem is, if you look at the levels of ally, you can't, even at fellow brothers or fellow, war, whatever the highest level is, sworn brothers, you can't share in each other's transports. Right. So, and you can't take an ally detachment that's the same as your primary detachment. You're not allowed to. So, it, it won't work. You, if you, could, you could take a Stormbird as a Leviathan, but then it doesn't, you can't put anything in it, because... You'd have to leave them on the table and then pick them up and then it'd be like turn four before you actually get anything going down. Well, I don't even know if you can do that. I think it says it's not begins the game. I don't think they can get in the transport. Oh, God. Because it's a different detachment. No room. You'll... (laughs) So, I guess, like he said, in an Apocalypse game, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want in Apocalypse. We kind of ranted about that a while back. Um, So, yeah, that, you can just pick any points value, take any crazy shit you want and get drunk with your buddies and play with it um as far as a normal game because you're always going to have to abide by the 25 percent you're going to have to play a minimum of a 3500 point game to fit it in to have the non-cool version yeah that's the other problem at 850 i don't like you have to pay the 150 point upgrade to upgrade it to the d bombardment which is really the only like 
why would you want to spend 850 points on the super heavy and have to play this giant game to get something that just has like conventional weapons on it, like las cannons? It's kind of boring. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, so, I mean, I, I mean, if you're going to do all that and play a big game and all that, just play a 4,000 point game and use a thousand point version. Now, the problem with transporting your entire army in it is you can't do that or you'll auto lose when you don't have any models on the end of the. There's a whole lot of like caveats to using one of these basically so to answer his question you can use it but it's mostly going to be narrative or is what if scenario like he said or an apocalypse game if you want to use it in a legit game you're going to have to like i said play a four thousand point game buy the upgrade for it and then put like you know you can put whatever in it but you're still going to want to start probably half your army on the board here's going to be something that's kind of uh counterintuitive to this whole thing what about like a Thunderhawk instead of the Stormbird? Like, yes, it's not as impressive. Like, I'm just out the gate. The Thunderhawk is not nearly as impressive as a Stormbird. But, I mean, a little bit more practical. Fits it, in 3,000 points. My problem is with all these being flyers, the fact that you can't start a flyer on the board is like in a normal game is pretty counterintuitive because it's like, if it gets stuck at like imagine your Stormbird with twelve hundred points of models in it stuck in reserve till it auto comes in on turn four. I I'll piss you. I'd be so mad. I'd cry. So and big big girls don't cry. So I mean, because it's like and then even when it comes in, like all that stuff that's in it, you're gonna have to land it and then get it all out you know, and all that. So like the stuff that's inside of it can't really do anything until turn five. If it gets stuck in reserve that long. So you're going to want to have something that you make sure you get it in like a Damocles or a Aegis wall with a little radio antenna or a land Raider with the, um, uh, export or, uh, array. Yeah. Or psychers that have divination to try to get, whatever the scryer thing where you get to re-roll for reserves or any character that adds to it or something like that. Mon, Strike Commander Mon. But he plays Alpha Legion, so uh, I'm pretty sure we can come up with something. I don't know that there is anything. You could have Alpharius in your army, and if your opponent rolls for their Stormbird to come on, you can bring yours on instead. <laughs> that would be the most epic Alpha Legion fuck you ever in the odd game that you're playing Stormbird on Stormbird. Oh, look, yours comes on. Oh, look, four plus. No, it doesn't. Mine comes on instead. Mine comes on instead. That's that how be... That's how millionaires play 30K. That's how yeah. millionaires play. <laughs> so, yeah, he would probably have to take one of those other methods, the generic ones, like a Damocles, a uh, Aegis Wall with a comms array, or a Explorador Web uh, Proteus. Yeah, that's not too Or bad. just tell your friend, look. I bought this giant-ass model. I want to play it. I have this many points in it. Just let me bring it in on turn two without rolling any dice. I need it to come on. Actually, if I was playing a Stormbird, I would have no problem doing that for somebody. I wouldn't either. I'd be like, yeah, go ahead bring it on, bro. But Actually, as far as, like, building one and taking it to an event, like, the only event that I've heard of that would fit in that actually is ran, the only 35... 100 point event that i've heard of is the one that's about ready to go on in australia or just went on that tim and michael went to mm -hmm. 
where Tim was talking about trying to get his uh, what's that big Mechanicum thing? The Ordinatus. Ordinatus ready for. Um, you could take it to something like that at the lower level, but then you're paying 850 points for a jet with like four last cannons on it, or five or six or whatever it has. Hey, dude, it's got six Dreadstike missiles. Oh, it has six or four? I want to say six. Oh, uh, man. I could be lying right now. I just had the profile pulled up. It has six wing-mounted Dreadstrike missiles. Dreadstrike missiles. And they're 20-inch range, 10-2, ordnance one, three-inch blast, one use. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like Sunder. Yeah. So I guess it does have some non-conventional weapons on it, but just peeing out missiles. They used to be better. In the experimental rules, they were uh, armor bane. No. So, I don't know. I wouldn't expect, like, if you're going to take the Silcor pattern Stormbird to an event and you plan on playing it, mm, don't be disappointed. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like, if you're playing a 4,000-point event and you start running the fucking D-cannon everywhere, yeah, it's going to be a good time. But I think at 4,000 points, people are also going to probably have some sort of Warhound Titan thrown around D2, so... Yeah. Just never land it. Like, that seems... like that, That's... Thinking about it now in my head, if you played 4,000 points and you brought a Stormbird with the D-cannon and all that jazz, unless you're going to be playing against a... um, Like, somebody who is not as cool as you and brought their Thunderhawk, they're going to have their D-cannon on their Thunderhawk. But that's also Blast. Blast won't affect you. Right. You can't shoot each other. The just problem that this thing's going to have is like somebody that brings a suborbital strike wing of like Avengers or Lightnings and just blows it up while it's in the sky. I don't know, man. I feel like I could take it. It's only nine hole points, isn't it? Or 12? Maybe uh, it's 12. Uh, it is 12 hole points, and it's got the uh, void shield. Five, well, two void shields and a five up pinball. Yeah, man. I feel But like... I, I don't know if super heavy flyers can jink. I don't think they can. They can. We they talked can? about that. Yeah. Okay. And, but. I don't know. I, I wouldn't jink. I just take it. I'd be like, hit me. I got twelve hole points and some void shields. Five, five up and a five up. Yeah, dude. Oh, it'd be hard to kill. And then, then you're dishing out your four last cannons. Like you get a last cannon Avenger, and you get a last cannon Avenger, and you get another last cannon Avenger. Yeah, like, I, feel, I feel like it could. It's a it's a flying behemoth, dude. The it. I mean, front armor fourteen, side armor thirteen, rear armor twelve. It's no joke, that's for sure. It's no joke. I, I just it's it's one of those things that's like it becomes very vulnerable when you land it. Yes. And that's kind of the purpose of it. <laughs> so You know, I'm thinking about it right now and I'm thinking about like it's the only thing that it could use against a sword overall strike wing, like a hunter cadre of planes coming in to kill it. Like the only thing it could use is its last cannons to hurt him. Yeah. It doesn't get to use its badass missiles to like nope. blast them out of the sky. It's 10-2 nope. missiles because they're blast. So yep. that sucks, man. Like you got to have some like escort craft with it. I don't know. At a 4,000 point event though, I feel like standard. Uh, uh, me personally, I feel like at a 4,000 point event, I'd have a suborbital strike wing of three lightnings. Or three Avengers. Probably three Lightnings. All I'm saying is when you buy something like this, you just have to understand you're not going to use it in every game. This is more of a hobby model project. Just look at it that way. But if you find a 4,000-point event, I'd like to know about it. 
Like, because I feel like you have to be searching the internet to try and find this event. And if you find one, let us know, because I'd like to go too. Because I'd like to take my Thunderhawk. See, that's my problem with my personal problem with big models like this is I'm not a fan of Apocalypse, and that's usually the only time you see stuff like this. So it's kind of counterintuitive for me to buy something. I feel like th- like somebody somewhere would hold a 4,000-point heresy event, right? Like a standard one, not just an Apocalypse game? Yeah, I feel like that could happen. I feel, I feel like that could go down somewhere. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the, the discussion on the Stormbird, man. Yep. Let us know. When you get it in, straight up, like, let us know. We want to see pictures of, like, what it looks like in the interior and all that jazz. Or if anybody out there is listening right now that has a Stormbird, do send us pictures and maybe shoot us some pictures of, like, what the interior looked like when you're building it because I'm pretty sure you took work-in-progress pictures so we can see if maybe there's, like, a way that uh, that he can stick his speaker in there because that'd be badass. Yeah, that's all we got on that guy. I guess now we're going to move on to uh, Deep Strikers, dealing with Deep Strikers. How about that? We can do that. That sounds like the, the next step. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Okay, so this one actually comes from Mr. Ben, the same guy that actually made the badass opening that you heard. He says, hey, guys, wondering if you can throw me and my gaming buddies a bone on how to deal with drop pods. Our local meta is struggling a bit to handle Sons of Horus Alpha Strike, mostly due to Death Cl- Dreadclaw dropping off veterans on turn one who hit on twos with Death Dealer, reroll ones for Long March, and either with either Combi Melta plus Machine Killers or Combi Plasma. Either way, whatever that they touch is pretty much an auto delete. They are usually backed up by quad mortars whilst the rest of the armies carry Nuncio boxes so they can be hidden out of sight while still being horribly efficient. At larger point values, Horus himself rocks up. Any advice? Many thanks. So, like, for starters, I mean, the whole dealing with drop pod things, it's brutal. I mean, just, like, with the update, fucking Sons of Horus, Alpha Striking, and drop pods is nasty. Uh, Ryan actually has a uh, just the tips coming up with how to deal with drop pods, but Ryan... Why don't how to just, use them and how to deal with them. Both. How, to, how to use them and how to deal with them. I guess, uh, Ryan, you want to throw some tactic out there? I know, like, you love disassembling people's tactics like this. Okay, so, first off, a lot of people's first instinct is to castle up, which we've kind of talked about this before. Games Workshop tells you to castle up. Warhammer TV tells you to castle up in a corner. And It's 75% of the time it's fucking stupid and will get you killed. And and the way that works, guys, is basically you kind of, like, pick a corner and spread your guys up to where they can't deep strike onto your important things it's it's kind of like bubble wrapping but you're basically just making it to where they can't come they have in to deep strike out in front of you the problem is when they deep strike out in front of you they've sealed you off from the rest of the board mm-hmm. you can't get out of that corner you're trapped there and you'll allow them to concentrate their force so that they can basically just keep pushing into you and keep pushing you back into that corner where you have nowhere to go you can't get out to get on any objectives to win by objectives. And if they have things that assault, you can't get away from it because you've stuck all your models in this corner and you can't move through other models. Which, if they're deep striking onto you, they more than likely are prepped for assault. Because they- the only thing bubble wrapping and alpha, like that kind of crap is good for is if they have like one or two things and it's like shooting units, like melt, like machine killer vets. 
if they have machine killer vets and you have like a knight and you don't want them to die, that tactic works because they come in, they just have the one unit, you know, that now they can't shoot because they're bubble wrapped and now you can kill that unit. I get that. But if you're fighting a whole drop pod army or something uh, like say they are dropping in a Charybdis with like a Primarch with like a nasty Terminator unit in there where they're going to sit in it for a turn. The worst thing you can do is castle up because once those guys come out, you've just made it easy for them and put everything in your army all in one spot for them to conveniently kill in a couple turns. Sure. So I always tell people the very first thing you need to recognize is if you have a valuable target, just don't start it on the board. You can just put it in normal reserves where it moves on from the back of your deployment edge. And then, so it's like, okay, you have a knight Atropos and they have machine killer vets in a pod. Just put it in reserve. And make them waste that first turn. Well, their pod has to come in if they only have one. So like if they're just running, you know, one pod or a couple pods or they have it set up to where they're like, say they have three or less pods where they're going to have to bring two in. Just put whatever valuable target you know that they're going to alpha strike. Just put it in reserve. Then they have to come in and it gives you a turn to kill it before that thing comes on. Or imagine you were playing on this four by six table. They have to come on, and then when your thing comes in reserve, just come in away from whatever unit threatens it. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring it on from the corner or bring it on whatever. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Don't make it available for them to kill it. So instead of bubble wrapping and doing all that bullshit, just don't start it on the table. Just walk on. And that does a couple things. I mean, for starters, let's say that they understand what you're doing. Let's say you have an Atropos, right? And you you notice that your enemy has machine killer vets. And let's say they took two drop pods so that they could, you know, for one, they could decide whether or not they want to bring that first drop pod on. They want to have the option of in case you hold them in reserve, which you, you're on to their slick willy self. So let's say you got an Atropos, you decide, I'm going to hold you in reserve. All right, so they have, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to send my machine killers because the thing that I want to machine kill isn't on the table, so let me go ahead and send in this X squad. Well, now this squad's on the table, and you're you're ready to wipe it if you need to, and it's got nothing yeah. it can do against you. And I've always seen it, like, really nicely paired if you take, if you hold things in reserve and take augury scanners, which hands down augury scanners are probably one of the we've not got that's on my list we've not gotten there yet but oh oh man it's they're so overlooked and like where you can get them in and like how you can squeeze them into uh to units i mean it i'll I'll let you go like i'm about to go on a rant and that rant if it's gonna just like continue on to what you were gonna talk about anyway right like let's just let's just so so all i'm saying is just don't like if you just have like one juicy target and they only have a few couple drop pods just start it in reserve and then there's always the chance that even if they take two drop pods, you like try also try to make drop pod armies go first, go before you, because like Michael said, if they do are doing the thing where they do a stage like, well, I'm going to choose to drop this pod in first so that your reserve comes in. Well, if you make them go at the at the, the top of the turn order, they go, they drop in. Right. Then you take your turn and then they have to take their second turn and roll for their reserves once again before you've even had a chance to bring your stuff on that you've null deployed. And then Atropos goes in and rapes everything that. <laughs> right. So you always try to make a drop pod army go first if you can. Yep. You almost always want them to go first. Um no so the other thing the other thing you can do is take fast units, like build your army to be fast and maneuverable and just spread really far out. 
Because if they have three drop pods and you're playing on a six by four table and you're able to spread your army the whole width of that six by whatever table, they're going to have to choose where to drop in. They can't drop in. They can either spread their army super thin, which then you got, well, this pod comes in here, this comes in here, this comes in here. Now their army's really spread out. So then what you can do is, be, if your stuff's faster and more maneuverable with them, take whatever sections, like decide which which of these three units are the weakest, and basically just move all your stuff to gang up on that one unit and ignore the other two. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, you can outmaneuver them. So you, by you spreading out, it makes them either, they either have to keep all their pods together and just hit one thing, and then allows the other two-thirds of your army to basically scoot out the back door and get away from the drop pod assault and then come back and deal with it as needed. Or it makes them spread their forces super thin, which you're already already getting only getting half your army. And then you're having to spread it even thinner, which should allow you to deal with it easier all day. Yeah. Um, and then of course, if your buddy's taking like, cause he already mentioned his buddy's taking quad mortars, you definitely want to spread your shit out. Like it's, it's, Right. The other thing that I like is taking uh, bikes or anything with jink saves. So you like, okay, I got jet bikes. I got outriders out here. You jump in with your plasma or whatever. 50% of the time it's night fight. Then I'm going to jink. So I'm going to get my three up save anyway, even though you're shooting me with plasma. And then after I've jinked, I just assault into you and beat your ass with outriders because they're one of the better assault units. So it's like you, you pile out with your seekers or your veterans or whatever and then blow your load on the shooting i jink it doesn't do much and then i just immediately assault in and beat your ass mm-hmm. um so you can do that um like michael's we'll get back on so go back into augury scanners take a 10-man unit with volcat colverans and the sergeant can just buy an augury scanner and stick that kind of somewhere and then build put your units around that so if they deep strike in they're getting shot in the face with 40 Volkite shots. Just make them protect whatever big unit you don't want to have machine killed. Like they're like little miniature Sekitari before. <laughs> right. So you got that. You can, but you can attach an apothecary to any unit. So find nasty shooting units of your own. Like you take like sniper vets or you take uh, a plasma gun team or something like that and then attach an apothecary with an augury scanner in. And then when they deep strike in, and get out to shoot you, you get to shoot at them first to remove their guys. Unload. Um, and especially if they're taking machine killer vets, like they, every vet you kill is like a pretty significant point sink that they go down. So, and, and just remember you're removing, like if they're unloading these machine killer vets, of course they're going to try and get as many in range as they can. But if you're removing the closest model, you're pushing them further and further out from combi melta range. They're right. still strength nine. They're still going to fuck you up, but at least you are limiting the amount of shots that are going to come at you. So so the other way, so you can get augury scanners on apothecaries and attach them to any unit. You can get them on master of the signal and attach them to pretty much any unit. And then heavy support squad sergeants, you can just buy them for five points on. And then I believe tech marines also get them. And, and Lord of uh, Forge Lords, obviously, since I use the Tech Marine Warrior list. So, like I, we did that battle report of my buddy Scott's army when he played his Iron Warriors against me. He had two Masters of Signals and three Apothecaries, all with Augury Scanners. He had five units with over or with Intercept when I came in. Yeah. So the other thing you can do, 
is take quad mortars, right, and attach a uh, master signal to them so that your quad mortars intercept. That's brutal. That's such a rude thing to do, but yeah, you could totally do that. So if they come in and and give them shatter rounds, um, so if they come in in a dread claw where they're not getting out as an assault unit, you, you can at least you can shatter shell the dread claw to kill it. And if they come in and they get out of something and they're just infantry on the ground, then you shoot them with the the blast marker rounds and just get the fuck rid of them. There's a lot of ways to counteract it, and I mean, really, with the way that the competitive meta is going. I could see this. I could see a lot more because machine killer vets are so standard now. And, and I mean, yes, Sons of Horse makes them better, but I mean, really, the way to take care of it is going to be the same with every uh, with every army. So, really, just looking into any sort of augury scanner, taking any sort of augury scanner, or holding your things in reserve, it, it's really about just smart playing play wise. And holding stuff in reserve, that doesn't even have that doesn't even require you to change your list. It just requires you to just play smarter and utilize different things you didn't know that you could do. And I mean, right, but so but the like so you can also you can take an Aegis defense wall. Yeah. Right. Because if you start guys behind Aegis, like put put a valuable unit behind an Aegis defense wall and then get them because a lot of these units have combi weapons that are only like they shoot once. They're only good for the one alpha striking turn. So yeah. try to get them to shoot at things that have jink saves, like I said, like Outriders. Like, you could null deploy all your shit that doesn't have it and then leave your Outriders and whatever out there and then also attach Apothecaries to them where they overwatch. So not only are they coming in and getting intercepted with the Augury Scanners, but then when they shoot at you, you just jink. You're not you're shooting next turn anyway. You're so. not shooting next turn anyway. And now they've wasted all this, like, hype, you know, on guys that get cover saves. Or you can kind of do the same thing, like take a heavy support squad, put it behind an Aegis wall, and then when they come in, you shoot all your Volkite Colverns or whatever to kill a bunch of guys, and then when they shoot it, you just go to ground behind the Aegis wall for a two-up cover save. Yeah. So there's a lot There's a lot of little tricks like that. You can take a Void Shield Generator. <laughs> if you're really into it. Well, I mean, so you take a Void Shield Generator. You can, you can combo a lot of these tricks. You can take a Void Shield Generator... Pile your guys under the shield so that when they come in, they can't step within the shield. That's the biggest mistake a lot of people make. They put the void shield out, and then a guy will just deep strike and move within the bubble. And then they don't have to shoot through the void shield, so you want to make sure they can't deploy within it. What that does for you is they have to kill those shields down before they can even shoot through. But because you shoot a whole unit at once, like those combi melters are all wasted on killing those shields. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not all of them, like it still goes through, but you get like it really lessens it trying to for them to have to chew through that. You can take drop pod units of your own, um, because so if you have drop pods of your own and they have quad mortar, because he's saying like they're backed up by quad mortars. Well, we've talked about this when we talk about quad mortars. You have to have if you if you're if your meta has already gotten to the point where people have discovered quad mortars and that they're good and you see them in every list. You have to build some type of mechanism in your list to deal with them. That's how I feel like machine killer vets have become. Right. So you can take your own drop pods and drop them in their backfield in front of their quad mortars, and they're either going to have to drop their drop pods in next to yours to try to get rid of your drop pod stuff before you kill their backfield units, or 
ignore it and then do the the thing where they drop in your backfield and it's like who can kill each other's backfield first i guess does that make sense yeah so there's there's a lot of different ways um you know you can deal with this and then also if they're taking pods if they're just taking one pod it's really easy to deal with because you can just null deploy do all that stuff if they're taking a whole army of drop pods and it's something you're dealing with a lot puts things in your army like a damocles or whatever that hurts them on their reserve rolls Yep. So, so that their second wave, it doesn't come in as consistently. Yeah, like uh, Damocles, there's the Augury Web, right, for the uh, the Land Raider. I wouldn't suggest taking yeah. Land Raider, but if you're really getting desperate in your meta, you could do Now, that. some of the stuff like Horus. So here's my thing on the Horus unit. When Horus comes in and he doesn't shoot, it is good. But what I like to do against that... Um, if you depending on what you have in your list, but I like a, a I don't not a lot of my lists anymore, but a lot of my earlier list had uh, plasma predators in them. Plasma predators are the funniest unit to null deploy because what happens is it's like oh cool Horus comes in he's surrounded by his guys or whatever. Now you drive on two plasma predators and they're literally standing in concentric rings with their bases touching and you <laughs> unload on them. It's only like. Because even with the new increased points, it's only like 260 points for two of those things. For That's a half unit the... deleter. <laughs> right. So it's like they have Horus and all these Justerin, which are like a 1,000 points, and they drop them in. That Plasma Predator unit will kill most of that in one round of shooting. You wait for it to come in. You've null deployed it so that they can't just kill it. Then you drive on, and on the turn you drive on, you unload essentially six Plasma Cannon you know, shots into those guys and just delete Horace and his retinue. Maybe not Horace. I think Horace would be who withstand a lot of that, but I played a game where the guy, this was before just Aaron were two wounds. He had a full, he had Abaddon, uh, 10 terminators and Horace. And I shot two plasma predators, a Scorpus whirlwind and a quad mortar battery at him when they deep struck and we're all touching and it killed the whole, whole everything. I, except Horace. And I, I think I put three wounds on Horace. Yeah definitely definitely a sweet null deploy unit i don't know do you think this dude should go change his army like that if he's gonna be i'm not saying he has to i'm just he just asked how you deal with it i mean the thing is if you start changing your list and start taking these units that hammer these deep striking things especially like if it's a game club like here where you play each other every week right so like if everybody went all drop pods and then somebody like went really heavy anti-drop pod yeah you are meta against that guy but it also like changes the direction of your meta because now all of a sudden everybody plays drop pods is getting hammered against you because you got all these augury scanners and good null deploy units so it forces them to go back to playing less drop pods and doing other stuff which keeps the ecosystem healthy where it's not just all one play style (laughs) it does so so like it's it's one thing to like meta against somebody like it's not it's not always a bad thing to like straight just like go oh well this dickhead's always playing this i'm just gonna build a list that kicks his teeth his ass yeah Yeah. it's not always a bad thing so hopefully that helps ben man let us know if you like use these tactics or anything like that let us know you know we'd like we'd like to help or maybe if you find something out we absolutely actually anybody listening if you have some way that you deal with it tell us man we'd love to hear that yeah. We like to be like a collective of tactics and usage. Fly- flyers are really good at dealing with it too. Most drop pod armies have no answer for flyers. 
yeah. because they just dropped all their shit in and they got a bunch of foot sloggers. So take a suborbital strike wing of Avengers or take some fire raptors or something and then just fly them on and shoot all their shoot all their guys. I always take like everybody's like machine killer vets are like their their standard or quad mortars are the standard suborbital strike wing. That's my Lord of War all the time, every time. Now, the way I here's how I get around it. And I'm just being honest, like the the only. So my blood angels, if you look at the way I've constructed my blood angel army, mm-hmm. I don't have any good targets. Like I, all, my entire army is good targets. Like everything is right about the same points value. Everything is just about as killy as everything else. So it's like it's like, cool. OK, you got a lightning. All right. You're going to blow up a predator or you're going to blow up a javelin. Or are you going to shoot this tactical squad? Because it's all kind of. You know, it's like, I don't have this. I don't have a Spartan with a thousand points of guys in it. I don't really care. Like I spread all my eggs out. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's just different, different ways, but I think flyers work really well. Having units that are work better out of reserves where you know, deploy their stuff comes in, you come in and kill them. You know, there's a whole bunch of things. And I'm going to shoot videos with, with how to use drop pods properly and how to fight drop pods. uh, Hopefully tomorrow, but we'll see if there's not a scheduling conflict. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So, there's that, man. I guess next thing's up is this Night Lord list. You want to read out his original one? From from Paul the Nutter. So, Paul said, Hey, guys. Great podcast. You guys rocks. Ryan's tactical advice is outstanding and has really helped me out a lot. Look at you, Ryan. You and your tactical <laughs> advice help people all over the world. I've been playing fantasy in 40K for a long time, but I am disgusted with the 40K meta, Taldar. Enough said on that BS. Anyway, I love reading all the heresy fluff and decided to start 30K. Originally, I was going to start Alpha Legion, but after reading Aaron Dembski Bowden's Night Lord series, it's going to be 8th all the way, which th- that happens a lot. Like I, I feel like ADB changes your world. I don't want to start yeah. World Eaters till I read Betrayer, and I was like, "Well, I kind of want to start World Eater Army right now." <laughs> he just man, that, that like well, that he did that. He did that for me with Word Bearers, like the way he wrote Lorgar and but like, see my here's my thing about Betrayer. It made me a lot of people like Angron after it. I hated Angron even more, really? but then but then liked Lorgar um, way more than I did. Like he changed my mind on Lorgar, but made it worse on Angron. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's got a way. That's how you save fucking Horus Heresy. Just get ADB to write everything. It'll be all right. Make- well, you don't need to save it. It's fine now. <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, so he says, if possible, could you guys help me design a fluffy but strong all-comers 2,500-point list? This is what I have so far. So far. He has Conrad, Sevitar, two Kalth boxes, a Scorpius, a Proteus Land Raider, a unit of Tatar's Terminators, and limited edition character with Tartarus Paragon Blade, so the Tribunal. Three drop pods, two assault squads, two destroyer squads. Hopefully you guys can help me out with a great list. I really like the Terra Assault Rod of War. Thanks in advance, Paul the Nutter. I wonder what that means. I wonder what his name means. Anyway. The Nutter? I think a Nutter is just like a wild man, crazy dude. Oh, he's not a- like not like crazy. Like, he, like that guy's a total Nutter. Like, you can say it like it's a Nutter, like he needs to be in an insane asylum, or like, that guy's a Nutter, he like likes to party. My name is Paul, and I like to party. <laughs> My name is Paul. I'm a nutter. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> Tight. So we can go and pop this keg, bro. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, so I wrote this list. Now, there are some of his stuff that 
he has that just don't really fit with Terror Assault, like a Proteus Land Raider, then I just didn't. Yeah, I guess the Augury Web would kind of help out, but still, it, it just wouldn't fit in the list. Like, right. So I kind of left that out. Um, I don't. I don't think I put the Scorpus in here either. I think I left those two things out because they're kind of more. Because in Terror Assault, you only get one heavy support. Right. So he has multiple heavy support choices. So I was just kind of like, I left the Scorpus and Proteus out, but I think I used all the other models. Um, the destroyers, he's just gonna, unless they're assembled already, just use them as pieces. Cause you ha like when you, you buy those night Lord kits, they only come with heads and torsos anyway. So just use them to build your terror squads out of them all day. So anyway, uh, so the list I wrote for him is you got Conrad Kurz uh, in the list, and he has Master of the Legion, and he's taken Terror Assault. And then for your compulsory HQ, I took a Chaplain. Um, he's got a Boarding Shield, Jump Pack, and Power Weapon of your choice. I, I typically like Axes, but you can run them however you want. Uh, you have to have a compulsory HQ to make the list legal. Um, for... Troops, I took a 15-man assault squad, and the entire assault squad has melt-a-bombs. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor. Uh, the chaplain and Kurs are going to go in this unit. So, uh, makes it really good. Those guy, uh, Kurs gives those guys stealth and shrouded, so that unit's going to have a two-up cover save if it gets a cover save at all. And Night Lords on turn one get a five-up cover save in the open. So if you figure that, you got a five-up cover save in the open. With Shrouded, it goes from a to a four-up, three-up. And then with Stealth, it goes to a two-up. So on game turn number one, even standing in the open, these guys are going to have a two-up cover. Brutal. And then you can spread them out. It's a pretty big unit. Um, the ch you put the Chaplain in there. The Boarding Shield gives those guys defensive grenades. So it makes it if they get assaulted, all your attacks fall off, which is good. And then also the Chaplain... Um, gives those guys zealot they already have fearless from conrad but the zealot allows them to reroll all their misses in close combat which is a big deal um so the other thing of that night lords give you is if you outnumber your opponent and you count bulky and extremely bulky and all that when counting up numbers so all these jump pack guys are going to count as two models if you outnumber you get plus one to wound and plus one to hit in close combat so having this giant 15-man jump squad with Conrad makes it, what, th a 32-man unit? Because Conrad's bulky as well? Yep. No, it's more than that, because it's 15 times 2 is 30, then Conrad's 2, and then 2 more for the chaplain. So it's 34. Oh, I didn't even think about the chaplain. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to count as 34 guys, so you're almost always going to outnumber. So you're going to be, um, you know, wound hitting on one better, wounding on one better, and then on your hits, you're going to get re-rolls on it. And you're causing and fear. And you're causing fear at a minus two or three with Conrad. So that could just be even more solid. Brutal. And then if a unit fails a break check uh, due to an assault with him, then all other units within 12 inches of the one that failed also have to take a morale check. So you could really screw their army up with this unit. The reason you put assaults, uh, melt bombs on the entire assault squad is Conrad's one of the few primarchs that really can't hurt vehicles he's just strength six so even a contemptor he gets stuck fighting 
Um, now he does have hit and run, so you can flee, but you can't actually kill it. So you put melt a bomb. So basically, these assault marines. If you look at this unit, the assault marines are just fifteen ablative wounds for Conrad, essentially in a, in a roundabout way. But they also they're not to be overlooked in assault because just weight of attacks due to the Night Lord's rules and with the chaplain and all there actually makes them worth their while while they're alive. And then also the fact that you got fifteen melt bombs in one unit. So if they come at you with dreadnoughts or they're in a Spartan that you need to get them out of or whatever, you have a way to get them out of it so that these guys can get into the meat. You got to cr crack the shell to get to the meat inside. That's Type. right. All right. So that's his first troop choice. So then for the other three troop choices, they're all going to be identical. So we're just going to go over it once, but that's just times three. So they're all five-man terror squads. Um, every single guy in the squad has Volkite chargers. The sergeant, the headsman, has melt bombs and they're all in drop pods. So it's three squads all in drop pods. Um, and so these are going to be your objective grabbers. These guys, call, they have uh, preferred enemy infantry, so just having a five-man squad with Volkite chargers punches you know, pretty far above its weight for shooting when they come in. Um, this uh, terror squall assault right of war is pretty limiting because it makes you take three compulsory troop choices and your compulsory choices must be terror squads. So you're forced into taking three terror squads no matter how you build the army, which takes up a lot of points. But gets you the objective grabbers you need. Right. So that's kind of what I'm using them for. The The only problem I have with terror squads is they're very, they're very just anti-infantry. That's pretty much all they do. Um, and it's basically light infantry. It's not even really, they're not even really that good at killing like Terminators and stuff. So they got such a very specific role and you have to take so many of them. You have to make sure the rest of your list can deal with all the other threats. Right. So, so anyway, so that's your four troop choices. So you got plenty of scoring there. Um, so then I took for elites, I took an apothecary detachment. I took an apothecary with a jump pack. So this guy's also going to go in that big assault Marine squad. So it's going to give Conrad and all those assault Marines and chaplain feel no pain and also add another, you know, two to your model count for outnumbering and also just give you more ablative wounds for that unit. Cause you, this unit is basically what the whole army's built around essentially. Um, so this is my favorite part of the army. So I took a Charybdis as your one heavy support choice. So you have a Charybdis in your army. Then you take an, uh, an entire 10-man unit of those Tartaros Terminators. You already have five. Go get another five. So in this 10-man unit, you run four of them with Chain Fists, and then you give all the rest of the guys a single Lightning Claw, and then you give the Sergeant a Grenade Harness. So what this does is with your Night Lord's uh, Legion tactics, all these guys are bulky, so this is these are going to count as 20 models for outnumbering purposes, and then they're going to get plus one to hit and plus one to wound. And then if it's Night Fight, which Terror Assault, with Conrad in your army, it's auto Night Fight turn one, and then you roll to see if it can continue, and it can, can continue all the way till turn three. If it's in effect, these guys get plus one initiative. So when you assault out of this Charybdis, if it continues into turn two, which it should, you're going to be hitting at initiative five with all these lightning claws, so you're going to have six lightning claws in the unit. So that's going to be... 18 lightning call attacks at that are uh, going at initiative five, hitting on one better, wounding on one better with shred. 
So that's going to kill a lot of stuff. And then you have the four chain fists in there to make them good at if you want to assault into a vehicle or just for cleanup duty fighting at initiative one. Um, it It's very good. It gives you another unit to pair with the big unit with Conrad Kurz in it that is good at killing both infantry and tanks. It can handle either way. And they're also still scoring because they have implacable advance. So, so far you have five scoring units. And from like a visual standpoint, if I had to take on, like if I saw Kurz coming up the field with like a unit of jump infantry, but I also saw Charybdis in my face, I'm going to be with like, with all those Terminators, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? You know, like right. there's one causes fear in the game. And one causes fear in real life. And, like, right. I'm going right. to say the Charybdis is going to be the, like, it's going to soak up some firepower. You're going to have to set it up for a turn two assault because turn one, you're actually going to come in. Right. But, I mean. Well, that's the thing, like, because Kurz is going to start on the table. Right. And it, but because they have Shrouded on the whole, or they have a two-plus cover save unit-wide, you can spread them out, and they all have Feel No Pain. Plus, you can tank with Conrad, put him up front. Yep. Um, so if they shoot you with like, even a Typhon, like say they shoot a Typhon at you, if you're totally spread out, they're still only going to get three or four guys. I mean, and then Kurz gets a four up invul save with feel no pain. Like I'll just take all four of those wounds on him and just not loot. You know what I mean? Yep. The, the, the odds are you're only going to take one or two wounds and then he has, it will not die you know, to get wounds back. So it's not that big of a deal. It really negates, it's it's really a pain in the ass to deal with having this big Death Star on the board that starts there and then having a Cryptus and then knowing that Kurz's unit's going to jump forward and then run and then the Cryptus lands and it's just sitting there with all these Terminators sitting in it and then on turn two, both of these things are smashing into your lines. You have to deal with something and it's never going to be the right answer. Like, if you play this army correctly your enemy is never going to pick the right unit. Like, it's gonna, always going to be like, uh, let me shoot a curse. Well, you should have killed these fucking Terminators because now they're going to rip open everything. Or it's right. Like, it, there's no right answer. It's- and there's one more unit in here. So the last unit is a full 10-man veteran squad with machine killers, <laughs> with two melt-a-guns and eight combi meltas in a drop pod to crack the egg to get to the meat so the idea with them is if somebody takes a knight somebody takes a super heavy somebody has a spartan with guys in it you're either going to force them to null deploy like we just talked about where they have to wait on it a turn um or they're going to start it on the board and run the risk of it getting blown up or because you have so many drop pods in this army you have five drop pods you're going to get three turn one and then two later on you can always like we talked about stage it where the machine killers come in turn two turn two so it's kind of yeah so anyway that's a 2500 point list so i put a little notation here i said you could drop the artificer armor off the terror squad sergeants and put melta bombs on the vets if you like the reason i say that is a lot of times you drop these machine killer vets in their back line they shoot everything and then people will quickly kill them if you find that they are surviving and it would be nicer for them to pack more of a punch later in the game, you could just drop the, cause I have, so the terror squads are, it's, it's a three, five man squads with artificer armor, melt bombs on the sergeants and then Volkites on everybody. If you just drop the artificer armor off those headsman guys, that's 30 points. You can buy the 25 point melt bombs for the vets. If you want, um, you could also, uh, 
which that's probably what I would do. But I, I figured I would just build the list where you could, you know, use either option. Me personally, I think I'd really have the melt bombs and the artificer armor. I'm surprised not a lot more people will run the uh, Tartarus Terminator squads with Night Lords. Well, with Night Lords, it's good because the initiative of boost and the the initiative boost the uh so you're and then you can because you outnumber and everybody causes fear and all this other shit. It's it's good for them to make them break and run. You don't you're wor- it's more about you being the Terror. one to assault. Yeah. Well, plus you already own the models, and I just thought it was a cool unit. It's pretty solid. So I mean, it's a solid. Ta- I mean, it's a cool tactic all around. Like, and if you look, he already he said he already had the three drop pods, which I used all of them plus one. So I have to go buy a fourth one. Um, I the assault squads and the destroyers and the Kalth Marines. He'll just use all those guys to build his uh, terror squads and the big assault squad. And yeah. then the Kalth box comes with uh, a chaplain he can uh, cut up and convert. So he should. And then he can use the uh, the uh, Tribune guy just as the Terminator Sergeant if he wants to and then uh, get another squad of, of Tartarus Terminators to fill that out and if he's really good at converting he can convert that Proteus Land Raider over to a Charybdis <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go buy one Charybdis is a cool mod like you want like I, what's funny is as cool of a unit as that is I've, have you seen a Night Lord's Charybdis yet does Jay have one no no I haven't I think I think Bridges is working on one I I, I've not it. seen a Night Lord's Charybdis yet. I could imagine that being really fucking cool looking. Yeah, like murals painted and stuff and lightning all over it. Well, how cool, because they're kind of like that blue and red. How cool would it be to do the whole central body blue with the lightning bolts and then paint the claws red? That'd be very cool. Like a like like the Blood Angel technique red, like bright yeah. red, like popping red. Right. Well, like the the housing of the claw would be red, and the actual claw itself would be silver. But it looks like oh. almost like a talon. You know what I'm saying? Like almost like a talon finger. Like a cat cat's talon. Yeah, I nice. think that would look cool. So anyway, I, I was actually pretty happy with this list. I actually like this list. My buddy Nick, that plays here at the game club, runs something very uh, similar to this, and it's a pain in the ass. So he does not have the giant Charybdis with terminators in it. He has a dread claw with only five terminators in it. Week, yeah. <laughs> so no, I typed in Night Lord Charybdis, and you can't even Google image search that. You could be the first. So anyway, I really like that list. That's a cool twenty five hundred point list. We'll go and send you to that, Mister Nutter. We'll get that on its way to you. Hopefully, you play it, man. And if you go buy a Charybdis, which I think you should, because uh, you're always going to be able to use a Charybdis. Uh, then uh, send us some pictures, man. We'd love to see it. Once you, you want to use that, out. if you want to use that Proteus and that um, Scorpus, I wouldn't go with Terror Assault. I'd build a different, either take a different Ride of War or no Ride of War or do something different because you just can't fit that many heavy support in and they don't really fit the theme. And the way, because you had so many drop pods already, I went with a heavy drop theme, which Terror Assault encourages you to do anyway because it unlocks drop pods. I feel like it's the way it probably should be played. Um, you uh you don't want to just start with like a lone fucking uh scorpus out there on the table it's just you know what i mean it will die yeah i don't i'm not a fr- like because people are gonna say well all that's gonna start on the table is curves and that one big unit i'm like well i've played against it 
I've fired my entire army of that stupid ass unit before and killed like three models. So <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It'll be fine. I promise you spread the guys out, put Conrad up front to tank. There's really not anything that exists. That's going to really, you know, fuck with those guys turn one before all your other stuff shows up. Sounds good. I like that list. I think it's a very solid list. I would like to play against that list. And I don't know if I'd rather shoot at curves or shoot at the terminators. And then I also got to worry about the machine killer vets coming in. I just like the Terminator because you like they don't make Altramentar models, so I figured you could build that Terminator squad, and they you know they'd be like the Altramentar. Yeah. And then if he increased his points, he could always throw in um, what's his face, Sevatar. Sevatar is such a cool model, and he's so cool in the books, but man, he sucks on the tabletop for his points. Mm. He's a three-up armor save. His weapon is just rending. It does inflict instant death and a challenge, I think. I don't know, man. I've never played against him. To... He's just not. You can build a Praetor. Oh, wait, I did play against Sevatar. I played, with him at Adept- I played against him at Adepticon. Garo killed him. Right. Garo, Garo ki- got, died from Sevatar, came back to life, and then killed killed Sevatar, and then he and got then killed died, by Kurs. And then died by a dagger to the face from Kurs being throwing. Yeah, throwing Kurs got mad, so... He threw a throwing knife at him. Threw a throwing knife at him. That's pretty much the only experience I've had. He wasn't really game changing or anything like that. But I don't know. Let us know how that list works out for you, man. We'd love to hear it. But uh, let's go move on to this last one, man. This Raven Guard list. This comes from Peter. So Peter says, "Hello and hey from Denmark. No, not the capital of Sweden." You even got a listener all the way over here. Thank you for a great podcast. I always love to have it running in the background when I'm painting. As for you guys, it sounds like you're afraid of an army list to go through in your last podcast. I'll be taking upon taking upon taking you up on the offer to review my list. Uh, I have been in the hobby for a few years, but I was a collector and painter, but now I'm starting to play it too. I've always loved the histories and fluff around Warhammer 40k and Horus Heresy. Not to not talking about the cool models that Forge World has been making. Uh, I have especially been drawn to Raven Guard, Korax, and their fluff. Working from the shadows, ambushing and striking from out of nowhere. I like that there is also a good mix of both assault and shooting units. My main opponent so far is also just starting out in the hobby and playing Tyranids, but I'm slowly trying to persuade him to start a 30k Dark Angels army. Uh, I don't want to make a traitor list to go against Tyranids, but I'm trying to make a 2,000-point fluffy all-comers list and not too much a beat face list, only a little bit. Uh, my thought is to use Decapitation Strike Rod of War and therefore have a very heavy infantry army like Raven Guard is known for. Uh, all the shooting units have the... Okay, this is just jumping in. All the units will be having the Improviser upgrade. Uh, my idea is to have the Praetor equip the Paragon Blade and Power Fist and Jump Pack, join up with Dark Furies, deep striking and hitting key targets, or have him detaching and going on light armor vehicles. The Escalt squads will be deep striking at objectives, either to clean it up or occupy it. Uh, same goes for the tactical squads, I'll infiltrate. Uh, the veteran tactical squad will be drop potting and be using the marksman rules. Uh, Mordathan will be equipped with Kami Beltas, and I'm thinking of having four flamers and three Meltas so that I can be a threat to most key things. Uh, to deal with heavy armor, I got two javelin attack speeders with last cannons, meltas, and hunter killer missiles. 
And last, a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought equipped with Phosphex Discharger, Siege Claw, and Cyclonic Melted Lance to drop pod in behind the enemy and go after the rear of the armor, heavy armor units. He also has two quad mortars. You missed it with shatter shells. Ah, two quad mortars with shatter shells. Yeah. I love to hear your take on list advice. I still have a lot to learn uh, before I start to buy any new models. I've attached a list as a battle scribe file. Okay, and so so I read off his list on how he's going to play it before I actually read off his list, but you'll get an idea of what he's running. So basically, he's running uh, deep striking prey or a jump pack praetor. Uh, with some Dark Fury, he's got an Assault Squad, two Quad Launchers, Veteran Tactical Squad with the Marksman. Uh, he took Missile Launchers on that, that Marksman Veteran Squad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and two Lightnings, and he actually has the Lightnings separated. Not Lightnings, Javelins. Javelins, I'm sorry, Javelins. Jav- big difference, huge difference. Yeah, huge difference. So let's break this down, Ryan. Somebody's in a drop. Who's in a? There's a drop pod in here. I thought. Um, am I smoking crack? I want to say the veterans are in a drop pod, aren't they? Yeah, veterans. Yes, drop yeah, they're in a drop pod. Yeah, everybody else is on foot or jump back. So, so I basically just went through his list. Like, so the the upgrades I didn't really understand because most of his army is like the he's got. A lot of he's got a couple units in here that are basically very assault specific that have improvisers on. Not necessary if you're which yeah because you're like your dark furies don't have shooting weapons and if your praetor's going with them, um you've replaced his shooting weapons with the paragon and power fist so you have no shooting but you put a improviser on there which only helps you ignore stealth with shooting attacks from night fight. You don't bring your night vision to a knife fight. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, you don't really need that. Um, I don't like the improviser is almost as much of a hindrance as it is a help because against blind things that cause blind, which there's actually quite a few little sneaky things out there that a lot of people forget about, especially if you're playing Tyranids. I mean, I'm just saying like, I know it's like 40 K, but yeah, right. Tyranids got a lot of blind shit. They'll fuck you up. Right. So I would actually drop all the improvisers from the army. I don't really think you need it. You don't really have any like super nasty shooting unit that you really have to worry about night fight. Um, plus night fights only on the first game turn. So I, like I said, I just, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't focus on that. I would use those points, uh, elsewhere. Um, what else did I do here? I don't, the other thing I was kind of, wasn't a super fan of was that the, uh, Leviathan Dreadnought doesn't have armor, uh, armored Ceramite, which I know if he's obviously playing against Tyranids, they don't have Melta. But if he's building like more of an all comers style list, then I would definitely put armored ceramite on that thing. Um, and then what was the other thing? Oh, the veterans. I'm not a super fan of the missile launchers on marksman vets because I feel like marksman vets are to go after infantry. The missile launchers are like they're not that much better than a bolter that wins on a four plus with rending against infantry. Like it, like against a terminator, it doesn't really do, I guess it doubles guys out if they're multi wound or whatever, but you're not getting like a volume to where it's really worth the points. And they're kind of that in between, like as far as anti armor, because they're not eight, because you can't roll high enough on the damage table to blow something up. You might knock a whole point off a rhino or something, but they're not really, they're just kind of a, a weird upgrade to take, I guess. So I would personally get rid of the missile launchers and either swap them for melta guns or just go pure bolters. So I kind of redid your list a little bit, but it's if you listen to it, it's basically the same list with just a few 
war gear changes and I added in one unit. The the only uh, thing I, I added in an Anvilus Dreadclaw. The reason I did that is because in your list you have the Dreadnought Drop Pod and then the Drop Pod with the veterans. So it's good to have a third Drop Pod in your army so that you can uh, get two in and then only have one in reserve. You should always try to strive for an odd number of Drop Pods if you can. So uh, you're your Praetor is this it's so this is a 2000 point list just like yours. So I, I have a Praetor with Artificer Armor, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Jump Pack, Paragon Blade, Power Fist. So I believe it's the same guy, just minus the improviser. Um, I have a 10 man assault squad with Melta Bombs uh, on the Sergeant. So it's basically how he has them, I believe. Yep. Um, I do he his tactical squad was 12 guys for some reason. Um, and then he had the additional close combat weapons. I just knocked him down to 10. So it's 10 guys with a Nuncio Vox. So you can use the Vox to drop things in around him and also uh, to guide the quad mortars. Um, so it's just naked 10 tactical Marines with a Vox. I didn't buy the extra close combat weapon. Um, this, the same quad mortar battery. So two quad mortars with shatter shells. Uh, the Legion uh, veteran tactical is just nine tactical Marines with marksmen. I gave the squad uh, melt bombs so that if they want to go after tanks, they just do it in the assault phase, and it makes, like, where the squad is, I'm assaulting a tank, everybody can hurt the tank, or I'm shooting an infantry, everybody's shooting. Kill shooting. Yeah. yeah. Makes them more streamlined and, like, focus more in on their role. Um, but it's, it's they're still in a drop pod. The more Dathan unit, uh, it's the same unit that you have. It's a... Uh, uh, seven, seven more Dathan, and they all have combi weapons. Uh, we'll talk about whether to go Melta or Flamer here in a second. That's part of the discussion. Um, so the Anvilus, I took for fast attack. I added, I dropped one Javelin, so you only have one. But I added in an Anvilus Dreadclaw, so this gives you a third drop pod. So you'll get two, and it also gives you like you can write, you can put those more Dathan in there, so that there's no chance of them not being able to basically jump in and alpha strike their target with either combi meltas or combi flamers, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, then your, uh, so I, then I just, like I said, I dropped one speeder. Your other speeder is unchanged. It's identical. And then for heavy support, um, I, your Leviathan, I just, uh, upgraded the heavy flamers to be twin lane, uh, Volkites in the chest and put armored ceramide on it. So basically just made it a little shootier and made it a little tougher with the Ceramite. Oh, and um, I added in, I had enough points to make the Darth Fury squad one larger. So it went from a seven man to an eight man. So basically I just dropped some war gear and then with all the extra points added in a Dreadclaw, an extra Dark Fury uh, war gear on the Dreadnought to make it a little tougher. And that's really it. Yep. Just kind of cleaned it up, I guess. Yeah, dropped a lot of the trim the fat, as one would say. So, the Mordathan, so in this army, you could do two different things. You could swap the, you could come up with some more points by, like, you could get rid of, like, the one Dark Fury, make the squad smaller again. Um, use those extra points to buy some, and get rid of the melt bombs and buy some, like, combi Meltas for the vets, and make those guys... Um, machine killers instead of marksmen and then use the, the more Dathans, give them all flamers and use them to kill infantry. Or you could make these more Dathans all have combi meltas and then leave the veteran tacticals as 
marksmen would just melt the bombs and leave them as the infantry killer. So it's really either way, however you want to build the guys out, it's kind of the same thing. Just do one roll with one and one roll with the other. Yeah, make them uh, make them specific to their job. Right. I personally, task. like, if you want to keep this list, like I just read it off, I would give them more Dathan combi meltas and then drop them in in the dread call and use them like as you would machine killer vets because they're rending and they're BS5. So they're going to hit and then on sixes, instead of getting the plus one to the strength, they're just, if they roll a six, it's essentially an auto pin because you're at 14 already and then you're getting extra D3. So you're 15 minimum. So, and their guns become twin linked as well, right? On the turn that they declare. Yes. Yeah. Twin linked and rending. Yeah, so you can use those guys as essentially uh, machine killer vets or swap the other veterans around. Or like I said, you give all the Mordathan combi flamers, whatever. But I don't. I personally wouldn't mix them. In, a, in, a, in an army this small, it's kind of hard to build. Like These units are like well-rounded and blow them up with a bunch of war gear and all that stuff because you end up uh, just like you have this army that's not it's not focused enough. You'll end up with a lot of units that are bloated points wise, but don't really do either job. Well, right. So anyway, that's kind of my take on it. Uh, I think this would do fine against Tyranids and I still like, I, I left it kind of the same. It's still his fluff, his list. Like I said, I like the Anvilus against Tyranids. You'll drop it in, do the flame thing, kill, kill a bunch of small, all sorts of gaunts and hormigons. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, kill a bunch of bugs. Then you can jump out with the, the Melta or Flamer more day. He could go, go, he could go Flamer anti-infantry in both units, you know, and go after a big bug, you know, with the Mordathan or whatever. And then the dread call can then like fly around doing the flame attack on all the little bugs or whatever. It's kind of cool. Hitting like, all the hive like, crones and stuff like that are flying around. Just fly. Yeah. Fly, fly over, over him. him and vector striking him. Yeah. It'd be kind of neat. Um, so I hope, I mean, he said that he was wanting to learn how he, you know, to play everything before he bought a unit, but I, I only added one new thing to the list, one model. You yeah. can go out and get one model. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what I did. Now I know Michael has worked on a list that's a little more, more changes to it. I guess. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of a it, basically the, the way I see your list is I see like a lot of the old elements and style that I used to play. Um, now I, I guess with decapitation strike and what really sucks is me and Ryan were like me and Ryan had like an hour and a half conversation just on this list last night, like we're chatting on the phone like schoolgirls, and we we're kind of going over like some of the big changes that happened and one of the biggest things that we were talking about was the fact that machine killer vets really outshine a lot of the uh well not necessarily machine killer like veterans vets in, general, in general because you can take them as marksman or machine killer like so if you take marksman vets with combi flamers they do the same thing that Mordathan used to do for less points yeah and they fight better in close combat uh you know, and, and there's a lot of right of war and you can take them in any army. They're generic. Yep. And then the, and if you took your more Dathan with uh combi Meltas to do the rending on them to bust tanks, you can now just do the same thing once again with generic vets by giving them combi Meltas and making a machine killer. Right. So like th they've kind of, you know, made seekers, headhunters more dathan units like that almost obsolete because you can kind of do the same thing with this generic unit now for less for, points for a lot less points yeah yeah and then also be able to put melt bombs on every guy and also have be better in assault mm -hmm. so 
So we're having that discussion. Anyway, the way I see that this list would probably it play the exact same play style that you're working, but with tactics added, uh, like not really changing anything um, too much. Basically, I would personally drop the Praetor, uh, get the Praetor out of there, and bring in a Strike Commander uh, Mon. And oh wow, okay. Yeah, I had this list written out. Okay, yep. so drop the uh, drop the Praetor, bring in Strike Commander Mon, give the Master of the Legion, give him Decapitation Strike because he can take Master of the Legion. Uh, then on top of that, use him to um, use Strike Commander Mon to infiltrate with the rest of the army and i used to do the exact same thing where i take a tactical squad with close combat weapons and what i would do is i would also infiltrate them up with mon so that he would have some sort of uh, wounds to go with him and he'd basically have some some way of protecting himself or you know just ablative wounds you know yeah and so with strike commander mon you're getting that 18 inch no scatter bubble and then on top of that you can take chameleon with strike commander so he can basically infiltrate up anywhere add plus one to his uh plus one to his cover his cover save because he has stealth for the chameleon and i mean if you're looking at let's say a turn two deep strike with the leviathan i think we we went a little bit deeper into it yesterday but if you're looking at deep striking the leviathan in save it for a turn two deep strike because you're going to bring the Dark Furies on through Deep Strike, I'm assuming, uh, only because, I mean, that's just what... I, I mean, I mean, you could jump... It depending, I mean, if you got a big piece of line of sight-blocking terrain in the middle of the table, there's nothing to stop you from just keeping them behind the terrain. Just starting on the table. Yeah. yeah. It really depends. I mean, there's variables. You're not always going to Deep Strike them. You're not always going to start them on the table. Yeah. I would say if you if you get them on second turn... And then Mon is letting you re-roll the drop pod roll for your Leviathan. Bring Leviathan in close to Mon, 18 inches within Mon, and with his Dreadnought drop pod, it's going to cost Shrouding. And then bring your Dark Furies in behind the drop pod because they get a 5-plus cover save on the turn they deep strike, plus you're adding the Shrouding for, for the Dreadnought drop pod. So that's going to basically give you a three a, up a three up just out the gate first turn you deep strike and if you land within two inches of mon you can have him immediately join the squad and then confer his stealth to which, them which would give you a two up two up cover save that protects your squad of uh, dark furies for a turn because they're gonna get lit the fuck up because i mean why wouldn't i mean i don't know it's it's kind of if you got leviathan dreadnought drop pod dark furies it's like ah oh, what do i take care of so I mean, just out the gate, man, you can really bulk that Dark Fury squad up. And I actually put an apothecary in that unit just to just to keep them a prime. Yeah. I didn't want to change his list too much. I just I started uh cutting some things out, trimming the fat, and then I was like, Well, I have all these extra points and he only has two drop pods, and I was looking at a way to get another I was wanting just to put a normal drop pod in where he wouldn't have to spend a bunch of money on a dread call, but I couldn't find a unit like it, it just. I guess you could have put the normal tactical squad in one, but I was like, man, it would be so much better if I could get these more Dathan in something. Yeah, where he could guarantee like that they're safe until they get there to do their job. 
Because if you just try the infiltrate scout trick, which works sometimes if you go first, but if you end up going second or they seize on you, it's they're just dudes in power armor. All day. That are a lot of points. Yep. <laughs> so it's better to be able to come in in the dread claw. Um, you come in in the dread claw, you jump out of the dread claw, and then you immediately shoot, you know, whatever, and then you you're safe unless somebody has something to intercept them but you just have to unless somebody uses the tactics we talked about earlier in the podcast right but i mean that's an all count like that's a thing like that's you have you know then it comes down to player skill i have this tactic you have this tactic let's see who can use their tactics better right exactly but i i also did drop the other javelin just because the options were there to to make better use of veteran go ahead and go through your whole list now that we talked about it so yeah i took a primus medicaid i took strike commander mon I took uh, a Legion Assault Squad, a uh, 10-man Legion Assault Squad, uh, the uh, second tac- The second choice is a Legion Tactical Squad. I gave them combat or combat blades, and they traded their bolters in. Uh, I took a Legion Quad. I took the two quad mortars that he still had. I kept that. Um, I took a Veteran Tactical Squad with machine, with a, I'm sorry, I I took Machine Killers and Combi Meltas. Yep. Um, I took a Mordathan Strike Squad as well. And for them, I gave them all Combi Weapons. And with with what I would do with them, I'd just give them uh, uh, Flamers if I were to... Because you have the Machine Killers. I, I, I really would never really run... More Dathan with Meltas just because of the possibilities that you can get with a flamer, but the problem with that is you're running into issues with uh like dual purposing because you're gonna you could right. just do that with with cheaper veteran tactical squads, but I use them because they're fluffy and they're raving over cool. me. Uh, yeah, I kept the Dark Furies obviously so they can deep strike in. I took the javelin out i have a i still took a javelin just because outflanking multi-melted javelin with last cannons pretty solid pretty brutal and then uh of course i kept the uh leviathan in its drop pod i, I think that's i added armored ceramite to that leviathan kept the phosphexer charger kept the melt lance and all that i mean yep. there's a lot of threats in that army really the biggest change is taking on and uh and a melt squads I think the the melt veteran squad. I think the veteran squad. Oh, and the veteran squad has a drop pod as well. I don't know if I right. mentioned that. Yeah. Because with decapitation strike, they can take it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean that heart army has so many threats, like just for killing tanks, and a lot of it's redundant. I mean, I don't imagine when you're going to need a cyclonic lance, machine killers, and then all a, that. Well, not against nids, but he said building all comers, yeah, whatever list. So when they do transition into playing full thirty k, all this will kill a be necessary. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not going to see that. It's only 2,000 points, so uh, yeah. you're going to see. Yeah. And then, but the cool thing about this army is it's pretty fluffy, and then if he wanted to go to 2,500, he could just go get Korax, throw him in there. And and it, it's big answers for everything. It's not like, oh, well, this unit's kind of good at killing tanks. It's like, this unit will destroy a tank. This unit will destroy three-plus infantry. Right. Like, three-plus armor safe. This will, like, kill marine equivalents, and then this unit will kill... Like it, it's like everything in this army. Like I mean, from the the Mordathan are Terminator killers, the 
uh, Dark Fears are Space Marine Killers. The mach- the Machine Killer Vets are Tank Killers. The Leviathan's an Everything Killer. Like, you have an answer for everything. Right. Except for Galvor back. But that's it. Like, that is it. Like, <laughs> like clearly, I have no answer for Gal- Galvor back for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop playing. <laughs> Uh, maybe the dark furies but it's not gonna be fun but other than that man like it's you got the models you got the list i just think it, it the idea of a praetor running around with a paragon blade and just tanking is not the best for raven it's Guard. all right it's not bad i like having killy characters it's yeah. pretty fun yeah but i mean let's be honest here that's more fun than strike commander mon I'm not yeah. saying it's better. It's more fun, though. But Strike Commander Mon is so good. Just He's so good, but he's like he's like chilling in his I, foxhole with his radio. My strike my model for Strike Commander Mon's kneeling. Like that's yeah, how said, that's like, how lame of a character he he's is. He's got so. like a fucking uh lawn chair with his fucking beer and his radio in his foxhole, you know, reading his magazine, like making everybody else do the dirty work. That's how it's not that's not super how I fun. Always see him. Like I always envision him <laughs> just like sitting down, like uh, oh the drop pod's here? Oh, cool. Cause he's he's power sword, three up armor save, like just loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he's a gl- glorified fucking sergeant. Everybody always wants to chill in his ride with him. Like everybody wants to take his drop pod with him, and like everybody wants to hop in his like storm eagle. He's like, man, everybody just uses me. <laughs> but he's such a good raven guard character he's so well, he's a good. good very great support character we're not like shitting on like he's definitely yeah. good he's just not like like he it just sounds like this guy's just playing some fun games with his buddy with tyranids i like the killy praetor for that personally i like the 18 inch no scatter bubble but the fact that you brought in the anvilist burning retros or whatever i've completely forgot about that and playing against tyranids that sounds fucking brutal it fucked up like that's it's hilarious it's like oh cool you have 20 gaunts roasted <laughs> roast in the movement phase well what roasted would be the really shooting funny phase. is like you got the turvagon that's spawning gaunts and every, like imagine so this is the scenario you got a turvagon and it shoots out gaunts like it gives birth to gaunts and they're like Aah! and then the babies. fucking dread claw just goes <laughs> and like flames them and then another batch comes out next turn Aah! and it flies back over <laughs> this kills him again <laughs> that's so Raven funny guard extermination force so anyway give that a try peter let us know how it works for you uh definitely interested in seeing your painted units if you could send us some pictures we'd love it well actually i'm, I'm saying that for like every army send us pictures guys man we want to see your stuff as gay as that sounded but I want to see your stuff. Michael <laughs> says I want to see. So I want to have a shirt that says, "What did it say?" <laughs> I'm looking on the lookout for dicks or something. I can't remember. We're like every time, man. Like we keep falling back into this like dick jokes, and like we're gonna eventually get a dick pig, and it's not gonna be fun. Yeah, that's what it was. On the lookout for dicks. That's what it was. <laughs> RFI sending your dicks. <laughs> Instead of fully painted this for closers, we're gonna have. On the lookout for dicks. <laughs> That's going to be our tagline. <laughs> don't make that our tagline. I don't, know. Don't put I... that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, so, so that's anyway, it, man. I feel like got... we've gone on for like a ridiculously long time. Like I feel yeah. like our podcast is getting longer and longer. It is. It is. We have a lot of stuff to cover. We got all these army. We got army lists while we were doing the podcast. Oh, God. In our email. 
They just keep coming in, guys. If it's we like missed your po- if we missed your your army list this week, it is because we've gotten so many army lists in that we can only cover so much in a, like a reasonable time frame. But like I said, we'll we'll start emailing your your list back and doing what we can. Yep. But that's gonna be it for this show, man. Do you have anything else you want to throw out there, or anything that you want to? No. I know you got to go catch up with your friend to go get some pork tenderloin. So yeah, I'm gonna send you pictures of like every bite. Like this is my third bite, and it was so good. And, and this is my fourth bite, and it's heavenly. even better than the last bite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna learn how to make pork tenderloin. I'm just gonna make it down here. I'm gonna it's find not. Some. It's not Indiana. It's not an Indiana one. It's the the like the the atmospheric pressure is different down here or something must be must be i don't know <laughs> too much salt in the air from the ocean or some shit desert environment it dries the pork out i don't know what to tell you pork so dry down here i had to make <laughs> i had to make beef tenderloin <laughs> no it'd be good you guys got a bunch of wild pigs down there we ought to come down there and kill the fucking wild pig and then bring it back to indiana and make pork tenderloins out of wild pig instead of this processed factory farm shit we got up dude here. if you okay for real for like straight up any of you guys that comes down for Stiff 3, if you come, like, early, let's say you come on a Thursday, right? Because I took that, I'm taking that Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, whatever, like, for, like, a week, because we got Adepticon that next week. Yep. If you come early, we'll go to my sister's land, and I'll let you kill all the pigs you want. I don't know, do you do y'all kill pigs up there? And We don't, we don't have the problem like you guys do. A lot of people, well, we need to understand, like, people are just going to think that we're just, like, a bunch of murdering fucks just going around killing pigs. There's a legit pig problem in the south like they're wild pigs they're they're not really indigenous no they're they're destroying everything they're eating all these ground nesting birds eating crops destroying the environment and they they do nothing but eat kill shit and fuck and there's a million of them i'm I'm glad you i'm glad you brought this up because like these these aren't like these aren't the pink pigs with the curly tails that you know no 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 no. these These are are wild wild boars that are like they 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 what they do is they eat like the roots of plants they dig up like crops and everything like that they're they're an invasive species that completely and totally is taking over texas it's like if a house was completely infested with rats you'd have to do something and right. really and they're not natural it's bad for every it's bad for the ecosystem it's bad for everything like and there's no hunting season on them. like they're like if you can kill them kill them like the government is like please kill these things i mean you yep. can kill them in any way you want you can rent machine guns and machine gun them it doesn't matter there's no hunting season there's no whatever they just want them gone but the meat the meat is delicious it's very delicious yeah if you soak it in milk i guess you gotta take that adrenaline out of them that's the only thing yeah but i don't think they're bad I like eating meat though. When they so. when they die, like they 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 release so much adrenaline into their blood that it, it gives it that super gamey yeah like taste to it. It tastes different than pork that you get in the store. Absolutely, it's a big difference. But if you if you dip them and soak them in milk, then it's like it pulls the what the milk does is the uh, the fat from the milk actually replaces the it pulls the fat from the blood like it pulls the blood out and replaces the blood inside the blood vessels and so like it makes it taste pretty decent makes it taste softer better more porkish than hoggish hoggish but yeah they're 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 scary like if you want to come early i'll take you to my sister's land we'll go take care of some hogs for her like she she has a hog problem on her land and it's like brutal they're they're it's ridiculous like i'll, I'll post pictures up of like the pictures she sends me of hogs you sent, you sent me some pictures of it yeah they're ridiculous like i mean i'm talking like 50 hogs just like in her land just tearing everything up it's nuts 
And there's no like no matter how much hunting you do or like how much how many of these hogs you kill next year will be the exact same number. Like, the like only works. reason they die is by they they kill each other. They eat like their own babies to like population control. Yep, they're orcs. They're like orcs. So. So anyway, that's gonna be it for this podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, if you have any questions, send it in to us. Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Michael at Warhammer30k.com. We'll take care of you. And then, once again, check out David Sampson, Black Label Painting. Go find Black Label Painting on Twitch. And, of course, we're going to have his streams on our Warhammer30k.com. If you need any commissions done or anything like that, he's going to be the way to go, man. Solid dude to work with. He's just such a nice dude. Also, check out all the other podcasts that we like to listen to that's not us. So if you run out of like RFI to listen to, go listen to Eye of Horus and Varangian Heresy, Northern Heresy, Loaded Dice, Seize the Initiative, Age of Darkness. That's all by memory. Wolfkin. I always forget one. What all else? All are solid podcasts, guys. Oh, Geno52. Yeah. Geno, yep. Yeah, new guys. New guys on the block. New kid on the block. All are super cool guys, man. I think they're even named like Donnie and Jordan and shit like that. Just like new kids on the block. <laughs> not really. Not really. So we appreciate you guys listening. Y'all make us uh, run. We do it for you. But uh, we'll catch you guys later. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.